0: Welcome back to the Bond Revisited podcast. You are listening to part two of episode 16, where we revisit and rank Licence to Kill. After escaping Dario at the bar, Bond and Pam go undercover to make a rather large deposit at one of Sanchez's banks. Join us as we take a look and eventually add Licence to Kill to our rankings. So we then
1: cut to... How did you pronounce it?
0: I'm is- just going to say Isthmus. Isthmus. there's a weird "th" sound in there, and I can never say it right. <laughs> yeah,
1: Isthmus. Oh, yeah. So we go Isthmus City, um, and we get a lot of shots of the city, and we see all these posters which are like Hector Lopez for Presidente, and we see a car arrive at a very big, fo- fancy hotel, which is Bond and Pam. And there, Bond is shown inside, showed one of the rooms, and Bond pretends that, yeah, this is my executive uh, secretary, Pam Kennedy, I think she gets called. And oh, we get, oh, God. <laughs> we get another shot when Bond says that. It just cuts to her squinting all mad. I'm like, oh, man, she is such a stereotype. This is just too much. Uh, so anyway, so Bond then pays the two men who are helping them around the hotel or into the hotel room a lot of money. And she's like, well, why couldn't you be the secretary? I'll <laughs> stop doing that voice, but it's honestly... <laughs> like, it's honestly, that that's how she says all her lines and talks. It's infuriating. Mm. Um, and Bond says, well, it's a man's world south of the border. It would have never worked. And Bond then pays her money because Bond was offering her money before on the boat, before they started kissing so bond gives her a load of money and says you can leave like that's it off you go goodbye and also get used to this there's a lot of time where bond is like goodbye time to go yeah. separate ways and they're just like nope <laughs> that's that <laughs> um so she's like i want to stay of which bond eventually agrees so gives her some more money because bond has this massive suitcase full of a lot like millions of dollars i think it's meant to be the one that he stole before so Bond gives us some money to say i'll go buy some decent clothes if you're going to be my secretary you need to look the part and bond is saying i want to make a deposit at one of like sanchez's banks so i think she tells her or tells bond which bank to go in if you want to do that it's this bank so we cut to the bank and bond enters the banker's office and They're like, oh, he's like, I want to make a deposit. They say, well, I'm sure one of our staff could handle it, but someone brings in a big suitcase and they're like, ah, very good, very good, come in, sir. So we then, this one's a little bit odd. I'm trying to figure this one out because then we see Sanchez showing around a lot of Asian businessmen who are in this film a lot, oddly. And we have them talking about shipping money all around the world and there's like, yeah, it it's done a little bit oddly, this. This is another instance where they're like jumping between two kind of scenes to eventually bring them together. So at mm. this point, all we know is that Sanchez is working with a load of Asian businessmen and they're talking about how, they're, how the money works. Um, and I think this is them at the bank, I want to say, right?
0: Yeah, I guess it's almost a bit of a phony a phony tour because we, we soon re- realise why they're really there. But I guess on the face of it, they're saying that, They're these investors and they're giving a tour of the bank.
1: Yes, so this is Sanchez's bank and they're giving a tour to these ancient businessmen and money. And So we then cut back to where Bond is in the back and there's this table all full of the money that they've been counting and Bond is playing the part and says, oh yes, there'll be monthly deposits of the same amount, of which we know is not true, but Bond is very much hamming in. And they were like, yes, sir, very good, sir. And Pab then enters... Wearing a a very, I guess not really fancy, but a very classy type of executive, uh, secretary type of suit. And uh, Bond does a double take.
0: He like sees
1: her and then looks away and then goes like, (laughs) what? Because
0: she had a haircut too. She had a haircut. I don't,
1: I don't really get why it's a bit dumb, but well, I know why it was an action film in the 80s, but. Uh, yeah, and then this ends with Bond saying, well, I'll, can you set me up with a, a line of credit to the local casino? Of which the bank says, well, Sanchez owns this bank and the casino. Well, he doesn't say Sanchez, I don't think. he. I think he just says, well, we have the same owners, so that should be no problem. Uh, and that's your scene.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's all like quite a lot set up, really, but uh, I don't really have much to say about that. Apart from the double take, I did notice, and it, it was, I almost needed like a like a sound effect to go with that, or like the mask, eyes popping out effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's she's just, not
1: even wearing, like, you know, usually with this one, you get, like, I guess a Jessica Rabbit sort of situation, right? Yeah. But, like, it's not that she looks bad. Sure, she's, she looks fine, but it just kind of didn't justify it. And I guess they're trying to set up Bond and her coming together or falling for each other because she's the Bond girl, but. I don't know. It's just more tropes. So like everything involving this woman is just a trope and I don't like it. And it's kind of crazy how many of these 80s action trope they get in here, including a James Bond double take. It's like, uh, can you imagine Roger <laughs> Moore doing that? He, he had a bit more class than that. I don't think he ever did that.
0: Oh, I, I definitely, I could imagine Roger Moore doing, I could imagine Roger Moore doing a triple take. <laughs> he just keeps coming back. He's like having a competition against the pigeon.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Everyone double-taked Roger Moore when he was around.
0: Like, what?
1: But this time now, Bond's
0: double-taking a a woman. A woman? (laughs) A woman. First she had long hair and in terrible clothes, and now she looks like that? This is crazy. Uh, We see Sanchez afterwards uh, in his office at um, the bank, I guess it is.
1: No, this is a casino now.
0: This is a casino. Okay, yeah. Uh... Yeah, in the office at his casino, um, along with don't know whether we mentioned this American kind of youngish American guy who was also in the tour. Um, his name is Truman Large because he's in it a little bit later on. But yeah, is that really always... his name? Yeah, Truman Large. Wow, yeah. I do. I think so. I like you.
1: You recognise this guy? Like you see him a lot. He's just one of the guys who runs the the operation for Sanchez. But I barely put anything in my notes about him. But he is in it a lot. He is surprisingly distinct for just like kind of a, a young dude who's just
0: there. Yeah. Um, so in the office, uh, Lupe's also there and Sanchez says something to her, uh, but I can't remember what it is. All I do remember is the blinged up iguana on Sanchez's oh, yes. shoulder. I'm going to call it Jub-Jub, even though it doesn't have a name, <laughs> but I like to think it's Jub-Jub. He's got, it's literally got like this diamond kind of collar on it as well. Uh, and he gives it a little kiss. He gives Lupe a kiss and then he gives the iguana a little kiss. I love Sanchez, honestly. Great villain. Great villain. Um, even if she says she she doesn't like it. I, I think she calls it ugly or something like that. How how rude. Yeah, that's out of order. That's a great looking iguana. Honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, the film does do a bit of cutting and f- back and forth here, but I'll just keep it a bit simple. Bond is in the um, casino at uh, Blackjack table, winning a lot of money whilst Sanchez is in the office here with Truman because there's a thing going on on the tv uh, and they're watching the tv uh, and there's this professor joe who is kind of he looks a bit like a like a preacher or, or you know, he's all in white and he kind of looks like a cowboy preacher i don't really know how to describe him yeah but, um, like one
1: of those americans like testify come and yeah it's like colonel sanders right but like friendly that sort of thing i guess
0: Yeah, and he is on the TV doing what looks like a charity drive, like a sort of, you know, where people ring up and donate in and and like a PBS charity drive thing in in America. Uh, Except what he's actually doing, what what we do find out is, when he says how much money they need to raise, and he says $22,000 on the TV, um, that's actually the cost of the cocaine in kilograms because the young guy says, "How you know, we're going to raise the price to 22000 and sends it through to this guy on the TV. So they're basically communicating with their drug partners over the TV. This is how they do it and how they're getting their orders through for their cocaine because then someone donates to this fund um, with like $500 and then they, now that's how they know that they need 500 kilograms of cocaine. So it's all just you know a way of doing it. On the sly, basically. But I I really did not understand what's going on at first. I really had to stop and pay attention, but that's maybe just me.
1: I think it's another one where you're not supposed to know at first and it's kind of revealed as the scene plays out. So I I quite like it. It's quite a nice touch. But yeah, I think the whole idea is that you don't know. Just Sanchez watching this charity programme and them talking in drug speak. And yeah, it's quite nicely done.
0: Yeah, I do like how you, you get a good idea of Sanchez's operation here. It's a very realistic, I mean... We don't really know his grand plan yet, but it does come to be that it's just another case of money. It's kind of like living daylight, so he just wants a lot of money. He's just dealing with drugs, drug trafficking, drug tra- trading. It's all very, very real, realistic stuff that goes on, but we're just seeing well, it. Well,
1: yeah, you're right, but it's not like just money because there's a lot of stuff at the end where it's like he doesn't care about money. It's just his... I guess his empire, his power, right? I'm I'm not too sure. It's a little bit more nuanced like that. I don't think I could probably summarize it because he talks about loyalty as well. It's it's very much that like Mexican cartel sort of vibe, and it's very different for Bond. But yeah, it's it's part of what makes him such a great, memorable villain.
0: Mm. Uh, so on the cameras, uh, they see Bond at the at the blackjack table and one of the dealers nearby kind of sees him winning all this money and phones through to Sanchez. Um it, They did do it one time and then Sanchez says, just leave it, it's fine. And then Bond wins even more, so they do it again. Um Says like he's just won a quarter of a million dollars. So Sanchez says to, uh, summons Lupe and uh, we cut back to the table and the dealer changes and we get this nice little card trick with, with shuffling and it's Lupe who is now the dealer um who is there. I don't know why. I guess I guess from Sanchez's perspective, he's there to try and distract Bond to hopefully make him lose. But because Lupe does know Bond, she is telling him about how much danger he's in and that he should just go, you know, it's not worth it sort of thing. Uh, Bond asks Pam to go get a martini for him. That's all her role is now, is just to go get him a drink. Uh, and Bond asks about where Sanchez is and if Lupe can take him to go see Sanchez which she does, even though she doesn't want to.
1: Yeah, and you get a little gag here because Bond orders it, like, shaken, not stirred, because it's the Falcon martini. Then you have Pam at the bar. It's like, I want it shaken, not stirred, but she, like, mimes it out. For some yeah, yeah.
0: And then she gets it and then sees Bond walking off and uh, with with Lupe, so she just nicks it.
1: Yeah. Does she, like, grimace at it?
0: Yeah, she, I don't think she likes it.
1: Yeah, that's a nice little, that's a funny gag. I'll, I'll give him that one.
0: It's not even the fur it's not even the only neck drink or yeah, drink necking we get in this film either. <laughs> uh as one later on. Anyway, uh Bond is taken up to go see Sanchez in his office, where he sort of Sanchez is obviously wondering who this guy is and, and why, you know, does he have the confidence to just waltz in and start asking questions and everything, because Bond is very much he's laying it on thick, he's he's, you know, really it's big cojones, as Sanchez says, <laughs> coming in and, and asking about, you know, how uh, basically he could be very useful to Sanchez. Um, I think he's got his passport as well, which Sanchez takes hold of uh, and, and doesn't give back. He keeps that. But yeah, Bond is basically just kind of selling himself, saying I could be really useful to you, of man in your position. Uh, I don't think he quite says yet who he is exactly, because instead he just says he's a, or Sanchez says he's a problem solver, and Bond says he's a problem eliminator. If you catch my drift, nudge nudge, wink wink.
1: Say no more. Say no more.
0: Say no more. This, this is more such a Bob laughing, by the way. <laughs> once I once I tuned into it, I couldn't couldn't miss it. Um, but yeah, he does. Also, Bond is also looking looks outside the window whilst he's in Sanchez's office, kind of like strutting around. Um, but yeah, eventually Sanchez just says, uh, "Go back to the casino," um, and you know, well, get in touch or something along that along those lines, and and says to one of his goons to go. Uh, investigate this man using his passport but you you soon find out outside the casino with Pam back with Pam that that was just a way of inspecting the window um to his office and Bond says that yeah there's like two inch thick bulletproof glass behind off uh behind Sanchez so you'd need explosives to get through that sort of thing basically so it's all just a way to to get some info get some intel
1: yeah because that's what I kind of when he was talking about that, it kind of brought me back down to earth for a little bit because normally Bond is there to like investigate and a lot of this is a very Bond setup, right? He's in the black tux, he's wearing the bow tie, he's in a casino, he's he's being he's drinking his Fulker martini. Like this is where I kind of say or said before about how this film does very aggressively say like, no, look at this Bond stuff. Like guys, like look at this. Uh, because this kind of scene is very james bond in terms of what he does anyway um but then i kind of like oh yeah he's just trying to shoot the guy yeah <laughs> like this was all just to scope out the place to assassinate him and uh yeah that brought me back to that same old feeling of it not quite feeling like bond not necessarily a bad thing at but for this scene anyway uh, but yeah it did bring me back a little bit but It's just very enjoyable seeing Bond and Sanchez talk. Like, Sanchez just has this natural... I think I might have said this before about the whole dictator-like charisma aspect. How people watch documentaries about dictators and serial killers, and they always come across as either super creepy or really charismatic, and just Mm. likable in a weird way. And that's what Sanchez has. He kind of oozes that quality of an absolute monster, but a monster you don't find yourself hating uh, so having kind of Bond, who is someone obviously you like as well, and him bounce off each other, it's it's good tension. It's it's interesting. It's it's just interesting having these two men in a room, kind of talking like this.
0: Yeah, and I, I like what this this whole setup leads to in the film, which is that Bond and the villain actually are kind of uh, not allied, but but you know, there's not an immediate. The villain knows who Bond is. Bond has to avoid him at all costs. Sort of thing. You do get a bit this, this. The film this gives the film a chance to have the two together quite a lot because they are not enemies at this point.
1: Yeah, and it's like Bond being a bit of a spy as well, like Bond pretending to be somebody else. Sp- yeah, like you do get that from here and there, but it's a uh, it's always is a nice dynamic when he does it face to face with Sanchez and yeah, th- these two are just great together. It's just uh, very enjoyable stuff. This is when like i started getting a little bit more back into the film and i think the film kind of I can't quite remember everything that happens after this point but this kind of scene and setup is where the film kind of kick-starts a little bit they're not in the bahamas anymore they're in a new location they don't do a very good job of setting up that location but you're in a casino you're learning more about uh sanchez and his operation there's an iguana that's all blinged out it's uh it's getting back on track again
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no i really i like the whole scene in the casino and uh, it's a nice-looking casino as well. That always helps. You've got to have a nice-looking casino. I've moaned in the past about ugly-looking casinos. This is a good one. Uh, and also one th- quick thing to mention is as they're walking outside, um, Bond and Pam, down the steps, there is this man watching them. I don't, know, I don't know if you can tell it's the same man from earlier, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I was I was a little bit confused by some of this stuff because there's so many scenes like that where it's just somebody watching someone to the point where I just stopped caring. I just, like, don't. <laughs> it just, I stopped registering it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's in my notes. That somebody's watching them.
0: It is a yeah. It is really quick. To be fair,
1: yes. So Bond and Pam arrive back at the hotel. Bond goes up to the hotel desk, and the man says, "Ah, your uncle has arrived, sir." And Then you get the dramatic music, and Bond's like, "Oh, oh no!" And then they go up on the lift, and Bond is like, "Give me, give me your gun. I need your gun because Bond lost his gun because Sanchez took it." So Bond tells Pam to stay by the lift and we see she has another gun and she kind of stands in like a James Bond pose. I don't know if you noticed that.
0: Mm, well, she kind of does this weird thing where she like rips off her skirt, like the dress, to make like a mini skirt version of it. and then Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she pulls the gun but up right. but
1: she like crosses her arms and then like points the gun upwards like Bond would oh i see yeah that sort of
0: pose like sean connery pose yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah, but it's very quick so bond enters the room with the gun charges inside jumps on the man knocks him to the floor
0: points the gun and it's q oh it's (laughs) q everyone (laughs) It's like hello (laughs) i mean and he really does get knocked into a chair and falls backwards like he's an old man that's that's gonna do some damage yeah that was a little rough But yeah, Bond
1: is Bond sees Q and tells Q to go home and Q says, Well you'll need my help. If it wasn't for Q Branch, you'll be dead long ago. And we get a little scene of Q gets his big bag out and it's a big bag of gadgets.
0: (laughs) I love the bag. It's like such an it's just a, a like such a rummagey bag full of mess. But instead of mess it's just all these really dangerous gadgets.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So this is the whole theme. Like this is quite themed where the idea is that everything is themed towards somebody like a tourist, what a tourist would bring while traveling going on holiday. So he's like, here's an alarm clock that explodes guaranteed for the person who uses it to never wake up. Oh. Which, I don't think they use that in the film at all. I think someone just wrote that line and just wanted to get it in there.
0: Oh, 100%, yeah.
1: Um, And then he gets some toothpaste and a toothbrush out, and he's like, this toothpaste is the latest in plastics explosives. So that's kind of part of the main gadget. And Pam then enters with a gun, and Bond's like, no, it's all okay. Uh, she's, She's with me. It's all good. And at this point, Q then brings out the final gadget, which is a camera. Looks like a camera. Now, again, this is like an 80s camera, so it's quite a big, bulky thing. And he reveals that it's actually a gun. And if you were to assemble it all in a different way, you would get a gun rather than a, a camera. And there's the handle of this camera, has an optical palm reader in it. So Bond holds it, Q programs it, then says, there you go, It's uh, only you can now use this. It's It's synced to your palm, so only you can use it. Which I was like, that's interesting. Because I didn't realise this had that because that's like the big gadget for Skyfall a, yeah. lot, a lot of years later. Yeah. But it's literally the exact same, only it's a camera gun.
0: A way better gun, let's be honest. Come on, you can yeah. take photos. It's like it's like the man with the golden gun, except it's a useful thing.
1: The man with the camera gun? Mm, needs work. There's something there. Something there. Uh, so Pam then picks up one of those... Oh, what are those cameras called?
0: Oh, Polaroids.
1: Polaroids, that's the one. So Pam picks up a Polaroid saying, like, ah, let's take a picture. And he, she takes it and a laser shoots out and hits the painting or a picture of, I think, Hector the President and burns the wall. And it then prints out a picture, which is like an X-ray of Bond and Q <laughs> jumping to the side to avoid the laser.
0: What does that suggest? (laughs) I don't know. Are they now, yeah, like, are they radioactive now or something? What's going on? But it's not like, I guess, a normal
1: x-ray. It's not like a black and white x-ray. It's like coloured in. It's a really silly picture. (laughs) It really is. It is kind of nonsense. But uh, yeah, so she almost kills them, but doesn't. And Bond says, ah, time to get some rest. So Pam goes to go off into her room because it's like, yes, it's a hotel room, but they have like a big suite it's a, It's got lots of separate rooms. So she goes into her room and then... <laughs> Q and Bond go into the other room and Q goes and gets sets up on his bed and Bond follows and is like, oh, I hope you don't snore, Q.
0: Oh, I'm sure
1: he does. That's a scene. And ah, the thing I like about this with Q is that Q is just... We've had a lot of films where Q is very angry and very mad. But here he's like quite sweet and just really wants to help Bond out. So we get a lot more kind of comedy of Q just kind of trying to help and either being a little bit silly or just being like too enthusiastic. And it's like a much nicer side to Q. I like annoyed Q. I don't mind Q ha- like being annoyed by Roger Moore or something, but it's kind of really nice, especially in this film, to have Q just being like a bit more happy-go-lucky and just like trying to do his best to help out Bond. It's really nice.
0: Yeah, and just the context of why he's even there as well, where, because Bond does ask, how you know, how did you find me sort of thing? And uh, Q does say that Moneypenny gave him the location and just the idea that, you know, they're all there. They're looking out for Bond. They do care. Uh, Bond's, uh, I mean, Q's doing this sort of, he's also going rogue to an extent because he's like, I don't think Ems knows that he's there. He says that he's on leave. So yeah, Q does care about Bond and it's nice to see these little moments like that.
1: Yeah, it's very nice. They are just setting it up later, though, for where Q gets his legs bitten off by a shark.
0: Well, oh, no, that's it's all fine, though, because then he, he gets the gadget leg.
1: Ah, yes. So it all
0: works out in the end.
1: Inspector Gadget-style legs.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine how, like... I would have switched this film off if it was Q instead
0: of Felix getting his legs bit off. Oh, oh 100%. Just, uh, just instantly, like, nope done oh joe what and i bet there was even a momentary thought of something like this because i bet they would have thought well you know he's getting on now this actor maybe it (laughs) is time
1: give me the old heave ho
0: maybe it's time to write him out and then that's how they do it could you imagine
1: riots actual there would be
0: riots in the street oh oh, no he's stuck around for a bit longer thank god yeah because yeah this is one of my
1: favorite kind of performances of him as well it's it's all our cue it's all our cue So after that, we never find out if Q snores, sadly. I
0: would guess, yes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
1: I wish we got the next scene where Bond has like really tired eyes, just looks really tired, (laughs) and Q's there smiling.
0: Oh, great night's sleep. (laughs) Just go full
1: 80s action comedy, why not? We're not that far away at this point. So we see Sanchez is having a meeting with the Asian businessmen that we saw before. So Q is waiting outside with a car. So this is the casino, right, isn't it? It's still the casino. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so so Sanchez is inside the casino in the meeting room that he met with Bond, but now it's the Asian businessman, so they're doing a business deal. And Q is waiting outside, but he's dressed up like a driver, not like this driver outfit by the car. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. Quite unhappy, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Bond is, I think, trying to give Pam... More money to go away, or something. Yeah, I, I think it, this is another attempt of like, I'll give you money to leave, and she's like, "But I want to stay." And he's like, "No," but she just stays anyway. It's it's another one of those failed attempts. It's like failed attempt number three of Bond saying, "Go away, I want to do this alone," and and people saying no. So mm. Bond is back in the casino, and he's kind of dressed up a little bit more like a waiter. And he finds some empty glasses on the side on a tray and he picks up the tray and kind of goes into the kitchen and enters the kitchen and then he sees a little elevator, a little lift in there with a little cart full of food. So he grabs the cart and pretends to be the waiter who's going to deliver this food. So the lift then goes up and as the lift is going up he climbs out of the the lift and somebody else takes the food away and then Bond uses this uh, opportunity to climb to the top of the roof. And... There's a flagpole nearby, so Bond uses rope to kind of rapple down the side of the building. So where he's rappling down is the windows that we saw before, the the reinforced like bulletproof windows to Sanchez's office. So he rapples down, and Sanchez is inside talking about how he bribes everyone, how he's in control, about how all the money works to these Asian businessmen and does it like that and bond is rappelling along and here's your pigeon jump scare yeah actually somewhat night. unbelievable he did
0: it again <laughs> i didn't scare me no at all it wasn't it didn't seem loud enough to be a jump scare no he just got it in that bond just there's
1: a pigeon and it just startles bond appears like, oh ooh.
0: in terms of john glenn bird jump scares i'm going to rank it quite low i would yeah uh, superfluous
1: yeah, I, I kind of like the one in the last film a little bit. This one felt a bit forced.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. we, we The the one in the last film, all winners. Love them all. <laughs> all winners. <laughs> the bird. The Oh, no, the cat was in A View to a Kill. Never mind. Never mind.
1: Um, so the head of security, because the pigeon flew off, it makes a sound. So Sanchez's head of security checks the window, doesn't see anyone and walks away. Do you know what this guy's name is? Because he actually does become a character. This Another guy's one. name
0: is... Uh, where's that? Oh, I called him Right Hand Man here. But That's I do good. know his name is Hella. 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, because all these different people around Sanchez, it's not that confusing when you watch it, but they do kind of rotate out. So, like, the other guy, Dario, kind of disappears until, like, yeah, the last gone. half an hour. We get that scene of him, was pretty, which was pretty good he now kind of disappears for instead this head of security guy. And it yeah. kind of means that there's no real henchman in this film. There's like half henchmen, but they've completely kind of stepped away from it. Of which yeah, I con- guess they did last film, but I, I kind of thought about it a little bit more with this one.
0: He conveniently goes missing whilst, you know, when he needs to so that he doesn't recognize Bond.
1: <laughs> yeah, that probably is it, right? If Dario uh, was around, he's like, oh, that's Bond.
0: <laughs> that's Bond. Just get him now, yeah.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So so yes. Yeah, so Sanchez is still talking. He's like, we've got a large empire across the US, but I want to spread that to the East and you can all be a part of it. And as he's saying this, Bond takes the toothpaste that Q gave him and squeezes it all the way along the bottom of the window. And then he gets out a pack of cigarettes, puts one in his mouth, but we see there's like a wire attached to it at the end. And we get a little, like, beep-boop-beep-beep beep, beep noises going on, and he, he kind of sets down the pack of cigarettes in the toothpaste, and it's a detonator at the end of the day. So he sets up the detonator. We cut back to him returning to Q, of which Q drives away in the car, which it makes it so pointless that Q was in this scene at all. But I love it. <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's so nice to have him disguised as this driver, but yeah... He really didn't need to be in there. Hmm. Um, So he drives away and then a car... We see a car following them as they drive. And one of the businessmen inside is asking Sanchez, like, well, if we need to go into this cocaine drug deal, we need to see the hardware. We need to see the drugs. Because they're looking to invest like $100 million. So this one man's looking all determined, saying, we need to see the drugs. And... Sanchez is like okay that's fine in the morning we'll take you to see the distribution system so you can see that and we zoom in on the man's face or smiley or something it's a bit odd Um, so Q then drops off Bond and Bond says goodbye and tells Q to leave there's number four (laughs) there's number four and Q just looks all sad
0: I know it really does look so sad I think he actually genuinely wanted a holiday with Bond
1: yeah he was so excited but Bond goes inside this empty construction site, which is nearby. So it's like a very big, tall tower. It, it almost looks like a, a parking lot, but it's not. I think it's just a, a building under construction where it's only like concrete on all the different floors and walls. And Bond gets out his camera gun that Q gave him. He, he sets it up. And Bond then sets up the the transmitter for the detonator as well. And we see... President Lopez enters Sanchez's office, and is saying, "What's going on here? You got pay. You paid me half the usual amount." And Sanchez says, "Well, you you didn't say anything when I got arrested," and then says, "Well, I made you president, so you get in line." And the president just leaves. So Bond is going to to shoot and set this all up and do the hit, and he sees Pam enter the room, <laughs> and. Starts talking to the head of security. I have no idea why. Um, I don't know if that was part of the plan, but Bond looked shocked when she entered the room.
0: Yeah, it's not explained to the audience at all at this point. It's just meant to be. Oh, Pam's there. What's going on? Is she, you know, is she betraying Bond, sort of thing?
1: Yeah. So Bond then says, "Watch the birdie." He then swears, but we're not that type of podcast, right?
0: Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh. Oh, come on, Bond! Not only for a potty mouth.
1: Yeah, because that's another aspect we haven't even got into that. There's a lot. There's quite a bit of swearing in this film. Yeah, like the S word is used like about three, four times. I want to say <laughs> quite in your face as well, not hidden. Yeah, when Q said it, I did think that was a bit strange. Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it made sense. It's I liked it, uh, but but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so so. Bond, as he as he swears, he blows up the window, which completely destroys it, and he goes to shoot Sanchez, because Sanchez is about to hide, but he's attacked by a ninja. Of course. Wait, what? Yeah, 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 <laughs> that was a ninja, mate.
0: Oh, yeah, right.
1: I guess the idea is that the person who was following them in the car was actually a ninja driving a car, which you're not very hidden if you're a ninja driving a car, mm. but anyway. Um, so there's a little bit of a fight. The ninja knocks down Bond... Uh, the ninja tries to shoot Bond with the gun, but of course it's programmed to Bond's hand, so he can't shoot, so it doesn't work. It's like, ah, oh, your gun's broken! Um, and then a second ninja shows up and shoots a net like Spider-Man from his sleeve, which covers <laughs> Bond. And then he's trapped, and they knock out Bond, and yeah, he's now been knocked out and captured by these ninjas. It's a, it's a pretty cool scene. I definitely like this idea of Bond having this like assassination attempt. The ninja stuff is a bit too dumb for me. Again, I don't. Oh yeah. The tone is just a bit all over the place sometimes. I didn't think they literally needed to be in like full ninja gear. Like I think you they could have put a little bit more like appropriate costumes because they're dressed like somebody from like You Only Live Twice or The Man with the Golden Gun. Like it's very comical city ninja gear, and I just don't know why they did that.
0: I don't know why it's yeah, it's too much. It's too much. This could have been quite good. I think Uh, Bond being, you know, Bond thinks he's in control, but he's not. There's, there's other stuff at play here and he's part of a, you know, there's always a bigger fish sort of thing and there's other stuff going on. Love that element. But when it's, (laughs) when it's revealed in this way where there's literal ninjas attacking him. Oh no, 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 thank you. You could have just just have just have assassins just make them look scary and evil that's fine yeah i think that's all you
1: needed and it didn't even need to be a fight i would have been up for them just knocking bond out as he goes to shoot but yeah we get another little bit of a fight scene between these two and it's just kind of lame really just a little bit lame i've said it before and we'll say again the fight scenes are still just a bit whatever like they they're trying but none of these are that interesting it's not like we get an interesting fight between bond and the ninja. There's just a little bit of a fight. They try and use the gun. They capture him with a net, and that's it. For, so. Yeah, but I like the idea. Yeah, everything up to the ninja is pretty cool. I like the idea of Bond setting up this plan. I like the idea of Q being there <laughs> in general. Um, so cool idea, just a uh, fumbled at the end of it.
0: Yeah. Once Bond has been knocked out, we see a car being driven to this uh um like house kind of very far away this kind of dilapidated house in the middle of nowhere it looks like and bond is taken out of the trunk he's been um yeah knocked out and put in there uh so he's taken into this building and put on like strapped to a table um and there is they're looking at there's is there's the guy from the business table and there's also another guy, a British-sounding guy, because they're looking at his gun and they're wondering who would have a gun such as this. And this British guy recognises it and says, "That's that's on that's Her Majesty's, Majesty's uh, service weapon, sort of thing. So this must be Bond." And so I guess this is the guy that M told to go find Bond or go to uh, alert Bond, uh, alert that Bond is in the area of Isma City, because that is what he says to Money Penny, I think, earlier on. Um, yeah yeah, like i
1: did not connect those until we were talking about it like it's such a nothing little detail to me i did think about oh it's M sending someone to connect it's just like a british agent's just tracked him down okay fine that makes sense somebody would
0: and he's obviously there to take bond back and bring him back in and and stop him and all this stuff that he's up to the other man reveals himself to be uh from hong kong narcotics agency and that he was this was part of an infiltration mission that Bond has potentially just completely wrecked because yeah, he spent years trying to get into this position of being, you know, in this inner circle of Sanchez and being able to get that close to him and find his uh where he does his operation from. You know, he was that close and, and Bond's just wrecked it, which is why uh they needed, you know, they needed um Sanchez alive still, which is why they stopped Bond. And he's very angry. As you would be if you've been planning something for years and then this random man comes and stops it. Uh but <laughs> Uh, as they're all you know still being angry uh, a tank arrives is it a tank i wrote down a tank is it really a tank yeah
1: it is just a straight up tank it's it's just like the it's meant to be like the military of this not island or maybe it is an island but yeah it's just the the country's military
0: (laughs) i wrote down and i was questioning my own notes uh yeah tank just starts to attack this building and it's it is sanchez and and all of his henchmen um, who come in and, and blow up this building, and the British agent gets crushed uh, by like the debris, and uh, there's this other like ninja lady that tries to fight one of them, and she just gets shot at um, by Sanchez and, and Heller who are there. Um, they, Sanchez and Heller come in and they see uh, the Hong Kong man kind of collapsed in a pile of rubble, but it's still alive and uh, they obviously want to start questioning him and working out what's going on, but he's got a cyanide pill, so he takes that and starts frothing at the mouth, and hella very... I always hate when films have to do this, where they're like, a cyanide. Like, well, oh, no. Cyanide. Really? really? I, I hadn't have known that. Uh, I suppose rabies. So, yeah, just very, very quickly onset rabies. Um, so yeah, that guy kills himself, and then they spot Bond strapped to the table uh, and take him.
1: So it's kind of at this point where I'm trying to take you guys on the journey that I was having here with this film because it was a little bit of a complicated one where there's been quite a lot of complaints about this, but recently it's been more positive and talking about building it back up. But this is when I was like, this scene still didn't feel very James Bond to me, but I was kind of like switching gears to just starting to just kind of enjoy it as just like this 80s action film Because I think the plot and all this stuff about the double crossing is pretty cool and pretty good. And it's not a million miles away from James Bond, but it felt just enough for me where it just didn't quite feel like Bond. But I was starting to get into it more, but not really as a Bond film. Just taking it as just like an 80s action film instead. Because I do think this stuff is cool, but yeah, didn't feel very Bond. Like the woman that you were describing before, who like... The the Hong Kong agent tells her like don't let them take you alive, and she starts like attacking one with like karate or something, and then she just gets shot. It's like that. I would expect that in an eighties action film. I wouldn't expect that in a Bond film. But again, I think this is now just becoming a pretty good eighties action film. So I was uh, I was enjoying what was happening.
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. For me, I think I was still. I think I still wanted it to be more... I guess maybe I'm just not a fan of that sort of film anyway, but I like, sort of generic action. But it's just, at this point, I was just... Because I'd forgot. I'd forgot this whole ninja bit, and and then there's this... Oh, a tank suddenly appears, and it's like, what is going on? What is going on right now? I just knew that the whole tanker stuff was coming up for the end. I was like, I right, just... I know that bit's good, so we we'll just wait it out. Like, just... Just... Patience. Patience. But, yeah... I I don't think I could enjoy it in quite the same way, unfortunately. I think
1: that's fair. But yeah, I I, I guess the overall point is that you need a gear shift. Like, I think this film becomes a pretty solid, fun 80s action film. But obviously, you're watching a Bond film. So whether you can make that gear shift is going to really determine about whether you're going to enjoy this or not. Mm. And I was getting to the point where I was like, yeah, okay. I've kind of accepted that maybe this isn't what I wanted it to be. But I can... I guess, take it for what it is. But yeah, I also totally understand why you'd just be like, yeah, this is just not quite what it should be. This is just something a bit different.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. So they have grabbed, or they see Bond still alive on the table, and we just hard cut to Bond in a very lavish looking bed. He wakes up in the sheets, and (laughs) the first thing you see is this hideous hideous looking fish man thing what, <laughs> what was that, is that?
1: <laughs> i don't know it's horrible
0: i don't know it's like a statue but it's like a fish
1: but someone's just put a man's face on it
0: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah th- this place does turn out to be uh, sanchez's home so it does go to show that money cannot buy taste clearly because that is you uh, that would be nowhere near my my home it's terrifying can you check uh, yeah.
1: the the official bond merchandise store See so
0: if you can buy them <laughs> a prop re- replica of this hideous looking fish statue
1: yeah from license to kill <laughs> creepy 10, fish 000, fish
0: Ten thousand pounds <laughs> oh that's not bad it's not bad <laughs> um, but yeah bond it, bond is in this very lavish looking bedroom massive bed uh with furniture everywhere very fancy looking he goes up and looks in the mirror and looks at himself and sees that his clothes have been all nice and freshly pressed next to him so It's being taken care of uh to put it lightly but he gets dressed uh and we see him come down into like this wider part of the house there's like waterfalls and everything in the background it's very beautiful very nice view uh and there's sanchez sanchez and lupe are there in this big open area uh sanchez is quite friendly with bond you know is he all right Uh, yeah what you know um sort of thing hospitality go and talk to lupe have a drink that sort of stuff cream uh, no sugar yeah, yeah exactly yeah uh, so bond does go over to lupe and and talks to her sort of private privately away from sanchez very quickly where uh, she mentions that um milton milton crest is on his way to wherever they are in isma city so um that's obviously a worry because he's going to recognize bond uh, but Bond doesn't really seem to worry too much about it. He just sort of says, all right, fine. Um, and Sanchez comes back over and Sanchez is asking about what happened, you know, the previous night, what happened with the assassination attempt and, and why were you there and why were you involved? And, and Bond still kind of, you know, still being in that disguise is saying how well they must've just saw I was close to you when they were following me and, uh, Sanchez is asking, does he know who who it was? Have you got any leads to who might try and kill him? And so this is where Bond kind of gets a bit of a plan in action and uh, says that, well, it you know, might be someone close to you, basically. Um, and Sanchez is asking, well, do you have any names of who it might be? And Bond says no names, but I did hear something about someone is uh, expecting a lot of money this evening, who's arriving this evening. So basically laying it on that it was Milton and and put in a minute as a way, I guess, to try and get rid of him before he spots Bond. So quite clever stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, it's really cool. So because they the way that Bond kind of gets into Sanchez's head like this is neat. It, It makes Sanchez look a little bit dumb because Bond is kind of able to manipulate him so easily. But I don't know. The actors pull it off. So it's kind of fine. Um but yeah, it's kinda of nice how Sanchez initially is like it's all about loyalty. Like they put that line in and his principles and but Bond is still able to kind of put that niggle little doubt in his head and just take advantage of this situation because he's not a proper agent anymore to manipulate mm. him. It's it's really cool. Whether it's Bondy or not, I don't know. Um maybe Bondy's not the right time I should choose for Double O seven esque. Um <laughs> It's yeah, it's that sort of thing. Maybe it's not that up for debate, but it's still cool. It, it's a cool to have these guys talking and kind of be on these talking terms. And when I say cream no sugar, I wasn't joking. Like Sanchez makes him a cup of tea, and he's yeah. like, "Do you want cream? Do you want sugar?"
0: Hostess uh, for the mostest right there. Honestly, what yeah. a nice guy. And something I
1: also a... really like about this scene is like when Bond first wakes up. They really, it feels like something from the Twilight Zone. Or, like, mm. maybe Star Trek or something. Like, there's this very odd piano. It's almost like he's on an alien planet as he's walking around. And it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, Sanchez doesn't have, like, a proper lair like the other ones. This is just kind of his house. But they do kind of give it the personality and this very unsettling feeling. It's it's done very well in my eyes.
0: Mainly the fish, right? Well, yeah, it's a good start. <laughs> but
1: even, like, the piano and music, because... I think you said last time, right? No more John Barry. No. So we have a man called Michael Kamen or Carmen um, taking over. I don't think he takes over for that. I think this was it. I think he only did the one film. Mm. So then I think David Arnold takes over. But But yeah, so this was him doing a film. So we get a different type of score, which is overall just okay. I wouldn't really say it's that bad, but I wouldn't really want to say it's that good. But you do kind of get some tracks that feel very not John Barry. And this is one of them, but I think in this case, it it works well for what they're doing here.
0: Yeah, music-wise, I, I haven't really said much and nothing really did stick out to me, but then nothing stood out being bad either. I think it was just a lot of it is just does turn into a bit more generic action movie music. But then they also, I think, as a as a way to still get it as a Bond soundtrack... They do put in Bond, the Bond theme cues quite a lot. Um, just maybe like a little bit of it or a little tinge of it, uh, which is fine. Like I, I don't hate any of the stuff. It sounds that good enough, but I, I wouldn't say it was like a yeah a standout set of music, really.
1: Yeah, just a serviceable score. Exactly. Yeah, like serviceable. Were, yeah, just just fine.
0: But yeah, I really do like her, like Bond kind of getting under Sanchez's skin. As I say earlier, it's really I love that the film did have this setup where they can have all these scenes together and it's not just immediately, I'm going to tell you my evil plan before you stop me. Like That's usually the main bit we'd get of a villain and Bond, but we're actually getting some nice uh, character with these. But anyway, um, once that's happened, where do I have to? Hang on, sorry, I lost my place in my notes. <laughs> uh, one thing I should have mentioned as well is that at this point in that conversation with Sanchez this is where he does reveal that he he's an ex-agent he did he used to work for the uh, British Secret Service so um I say that only because like as soon as he leaves one of his I think Heller comes up to him and says like oh we've done a check this that guy and then Sanchez already knows yeah anyway um Bond is uh with Lupe I think yeah I think Sanchez just says go go talk to Lupe for a bit. and she tells him that there's guards everywhere. And it's not very easy to escape, but Bond needs to get out. He's very adamant about that. So uh, she helps out. She distracts one of the guards like, by dropping a bag, um, letting Bond get past him. And then she says she's going shopping. And she's going to go on the boat, go out to shopping. And this, this poor guard is like, no, Sanchez asked me to protect you. or will stop you. And uh, he's, go- he's not going to have a nice evening. I have a feeling. Um, but yeah. She drives off in the boat and we see that Bond is like hanging on to the side of the boat, uh, literally hanging on to the side and like getting splashed in the waves as uh, um, Lupe drives back to the coast. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, and then we're back at the hotel uh, where Pam and Q are at and Bond Bond storms in. And um, Remember the last thing Bond's seen is Pam in sanchez's office or he's talking to hella in sanchez's office at the casino so bond uh storms in and and like brings pam forces pam into the bedroom and throws her on the bed and uh he's like threatening her you know why were you there what's going on
1: oh good luck with this joe i good luck right. with right
0: no i've got this he's i've got, got it? this tom all right I've got let's this. go let's because see this is this is one of those scenes it's not quite as bad as octopussy where i got it completely mm. wrong where you get just a just far too much information in literally one or two sentences. Uh, I, th- I I did catch on to this a little bit better, and I, I even made sure afterwards. <laughs> so <laughs> um, basically, the reason my Pam was in the office talking to Heller is because uh, they had found out that Sanchez was planning to buy four Stinger missiles from the Contras.
1: Ah, it was the Stinger Missiles, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Cart to Roger Moore, of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the DA, back in America somewhere, had basically set up this plan with Heller, where if Heller stole the Stinger Missiles back, um, he would be... Uh, what's the word? Immune- he would have immunity from you know any legal repercussions, because otherwise... If someone tries to get him back off Sanchez, he says he's going to blow up a, a plane, like a passenger plane. So it was a way of Heller doing it from the inside, getting the stingers back and I guess getting out of uh, this crime circle that he's in with with Sanchez. Uh, so that's what Felix had signed off. That's what he was giving Pam way at the beginning, was that the DA had given this approval and Pam was there to tell Heller about the plan. Except Bond got in the way. Bond tried to call Sanchez and sort of ruined everything and panicked Heller and now has backtracked on the deal.
1: That sounds right. I honestly right with the octopusy one, I tried, and I feel like mm. that did help. This one, I was like, I'm not typing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to take any of this in because it's so much. And also, she's saying it on the bed while Bond's giving her the old shaky shake, and she's like. Ah.
0: The old shaky-shaky. So it's
1: not even like Octopussy and Bond having a conversation. It's like very panicked and rushed, and I just didn't pick up. I didn't know Hella was involved at all. I didn't try, because I wasn't That's fair. interested. No, that <laughs> Which is fair. Which didn't affect the rest of the film at all, so I'm kind of glad I did.
0: I, it was only because of Octopussy I just thought, right, you know what, I'm not letting this happen again, yeah. so... <laughs> But really, for all intents and purposes, it is just setting up that it's just what we saw of the Hong Kong agent. It's another situation where Bond has meddled, he's in something that he doesn't realise. There are other things there are other things at stake in in the midst of his personal vendetta. And and you do get a bit of a reaction from Bond when Pam says this and she storms off. And there is a you know, a close up of Bond where there is a seemingly a bit of remorse that he is screwing all this stuff up. He, maybe he's gone too far with this, I don't know. I don't buy it though. That's no? the
1: problem I have. I don't buy this. Because on what, they don't think Sanchez being killed is a good thing? Of Course it would have been. Obviously they can't sign off on that, but I think that's ridiculous. Like why would the Hong Kong police stop Bond from killing Sanchez? And why would uh... she want that to stop? Like I don't get I don't buy it. Like maybe they don't agree with what it's doing. But everyone just seems like, well, I was doing my thing and you ruined it. Like, it's not necessarily (laughs) like the right thing, you know, like usually with these revenge stories, somebody's like interrupting a better outcome and the right, you know, doing things the right way. But I think Bond is maybe he's not doing it the right way, but he's doing something pretty good. Killing Sanchez would help a lot. So I just don't by that he might be annoyed by it. It probably would have been a really good thing if the Hong Kong police let Sanchez be killed. That would have helped a lot.
0: Yeah, I think the problem is, I don't, I see what they're trying to do and I think they could have done it better. Like you say, if one was more obviously the, the better result, I think it would have worked on a stronger level. But I just think they didn't need two as well. I just think they're getting a bit, it's just getting a bit like muddled now with all these, it's just, okay, we get the idea. Bond Bond is in the in the thick of it, but, it's like two fairly back-to-back. It's just too many.
1: Yeah, I agree. And also you missed a really another great Q moment as well where before Bond arrives at the hotel, you have Pam and Q sitting all sad in the hotel. And then Pam's like, oh, I wonder where James is. And Q gets like, oh, don't worry. 007 always comes back. It's like, oh, oh, bless his heart.
0: You just bless want that a, man. You just want Q on his own, don't you? I just
1: want the Q film. Like You really do. Uh, he's had so many great moments, but yeah, the, the film is full of this, where it's Q like has so much faith in Bond, and you never, you've never seen it to this level until this film. But it's it's really enjoyable, especially because you know this is one of his last. We've still got him for a few more films, don't worry, folks. But you know, you know, he's getting a little bit older, and even in like the world is not enough, he's he's far too old to be in a film, and it's more yeah. of, a, of a sad moment. So this is one of the this is like the last film where he's kind of active and doing stuff. Um, So it's really nice that we get this kind of moment here. Really, really nice stuff from Q.
0: Yeah, some great Q bits in this film. Uh, Very quickly, just to end off the scene in the hotel. um, Once Pam has left, stormed out of the bedroom, Bond Bond says that uh, we'll meet at the harbour this evening, sort of thing, in X amount of hours. um, And he goes and withdraws all the money from the bank. He needs all the money. Now. He's all the cash. So he goes and withdraws that from the bank.
1: Yes. He's coming up with a plan, but we don't get told what that plan is. Yeah. So we then cut to night and we cut them going to a dock. There's a lot of docks in this film. Mm. I keep, you know, we keep saying, oh, and then they're at the docks, but probably that's just a given at this point. This whole film is nothing but docks. Um, so we then see Q driving a boat in like captain gear or not captain gear but like sailor gear he brought a lot of costumes but uh, but we also see like bond in like a blue t-shirt and i was like ew i don't like that (laughs) (laughs) Ew. yeah why is he just dressed so casually no
0: i don't know actually because you think he would be dressed all in black or something given what he's going to do
1: yeah, like some sort of spy gear. But I think the idea is that they're got, like, disguised as just like a normal boat because the woman's like dressed up as a captain or whatever it is, the harbour master, I think it's something yeah. like that, harboured something. And then Q is dressed up as the person driving. So Bond is in disguise as just a, I don't know, what would you call that sort of person, on deck ship hand or something um, like that. Scrub. Scrub, yeah, like as a person. But it's just in like a blue t-shirt and blue things. I was just like, yeah, that's not that's not Bond. Gone too far this
0: time. Now they've gone too far. The fish face was fine. Now they've gone too far.
1: Yeah, didn't mind that. So Pam gets onto this other boat, and that's the... Oh, what's it bloody called?
0: Ba, 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 the, oh, the wave crest.
1: The wave crest, yes. So we found out earlier... I think Joe mentioned that the wave crest is docking tonight with crest, uh, Milton crest, the person on it. So they like, somehow she gets onto that boat and is taken onto the bridge. And then she is able to take command of that boat from the captain. And there's a little bit of thing saying, oh, a woman driving up. <laughs>
0: Joe, surely not. Couldn't be. Couldn't be
1: um but she takes over the boat pretending to be like the harbour master and we see sanchez is waiting on the dock waiting for the wave crest to arrive and she then just decides like they're like hey what are you doing aren't you going in a bit fast and she's like not fast enough and turns on the accelerator to force the the boat to crash through the dock and she's able to just kind of run away and (laughs) yeah they just don't stop her i guess (laughs) yeah Uh, so the boat crashes through the dock It's not a big explosion, it's not like a Speed 2 situation, just a little bit of a crash. And she looks at the map and is exploring the boat, trying to find somewhere, and we see Cress is here. We do see Cress is around. So nearby, Bond and Q dock the little boat that they're in, and Bond dives into the water. And Pam gets to the bottom of the wave crest, where the probe was before, and the pressure uh, container or whatever... Um, she opens that up and Bond swims up and out out of it. So Pam has led Bond onto the boat by opening up where the probe hatch kind of is. So Bond then, Bond has a rope and he had like, it's like a, a, I don't know what you would call it, but it is like some sort of package that's covered in ropes, like completely wrapped around.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you describe that either.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's some package. sort of container covered yeah, covered in ropes. So Bond is carrying a rope with him and swam from his boat to the wave crest, climbs on board, then starts pulling on the rope and Q kind of throws the package overboard. So Paul Bond can pull it onto the ship. And we see Sanchez and Crest meet up and Sanchez is like, Well, we've been you've been having problems, I see, and Ask about the money that Cress owes him. So we know from before that Bond stole a ton of money and he's now coming to ask Cress, where's that money that you owe me? So he orders the men to look around for a safe to try and find where the money is. I think Sanchez asked Lope as well, like, where would the safe be? And she's like, I'm not sure, maybe check down below. And we have Sanchez kind of listening to Cress. They sit down and have a conversation. And Chris kind of explains how Bond stole all the money, but describes kind of like, yeah, then he used his harpoon <laughs> on the plane <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and skied speeds. behind it. <laughs> and Sasha's like, hmm, okay. hmm. So we see Bond opens up the pressure uh, chamber and does something to it. And then... As the two guards come looking... So the two guards who are looking for the save come down below deck, enter the room, Bond quickly dives into the water to hide. Pam hides and then does jump into the water, which is very pointless, but the guards look inside the, the chamber and they see something. So one of the guards returns to Sanchez and whispers to them. And, well, I think Pam is able to swim away and cues like, Hi, Pam! Let's go,
0: old skipper. Cue, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> old bow hand. Cue. Um, so she's out, but Bond is still inside, in like swimming there. I think, and the guards and Sanchez they all enter this room and they look inside the pressure chamber. It turns out it's full of money. So earlier when Bond had that package with the rope, it was actually full of the money. So Bond has put the money back into the chamber, and Sanchez grabs Cress and saying, "You ripped me off. This is all you." throws him in the chamber and locks him in. And Chris is like, no, we're not doing, that wasn't me. Um, But Sanchez quite calmly then starts turning up the pressure of this chamber, turning up all the dials. And you hear a lot of noise, loud noises getting kind of louder and louder, and the pressure dial goes up and up and up. And Chris is like, ah, it hurts, it hurts. And Sanchez then grabs an axe and like chops one of the valves near the pressure chamber, which I don't know what that's supposed to do. Physics-wise, I'm not sure what that situation is, but again, we forgot to invite the physics guy, so yeah. we can't... Yeah, a little bit awkward. Um, but after he does this, a load of steam comes out of the pipe, and then Cress's head expands, and then explodes, which leaves a big splat mark on on the window of the pressure chamber. Mm-hmm. And when I say his head expands, I don't mean it looks away and then comes back in a little pop. It's like, no, there's like this model of Cress's head which is like what three times the size yeah as normal just kind of and I think does it move a little bit as well I think so yeah yeah so the idea is that his head has grown this much it's like and then it just pops and explodes with blood and I didn't mind this one as much as the Felix stuff and I think it does tie into the fact that This is a bad dude at the end of the day. This is Sanchez punishing his own men. It's what I said all the way back with The Spy Who Loved Me, and I think Moonraker, I want to say, where it's a woman crossed Stromberg. Remember that guy?
0: Oh, yeah, Stromberg. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. Uh,
1: She crossed him. So even though his methods were extreme of the shark stuff, it was still like there was at least a reason. Um, And this is kind of the same like Yes, Sanchez had been tricked, but Crest was still part of the operation. The problem I do have is how bad that head looks (laughs) Yeah, when it expands. Uh, It looks pretty
0: bad. I think they just tried to do... I don't know what... I'm I'm not sure about the years now, but I know when everyone talks about good head head explosions in movies... Yeah, when everyone talks about good head explosions. (laughs) I'm with you. When everyone talks about that, they always say the film Scanners... Right, where you might have seen the shot of it's like this bald looking guy and his head just explodes and it looks disgusting. Like, is that the one where it
1: like kind of has peeled at the neck almost?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I believe they did that by literally just shooting this head with a shotgun to get that effect. And it's so quick it works. Whereas with this, there's just a little bit too much time spent on the, the head as it's expanding that it goes from being like. Kind of I suppose it is still a bit gross with the blood, but it goes from being what could be like a really gross, gory thing to just a bit funny, because it just looks funny. Uh I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's like it's not needed. I don't know how to do this, but I don't really mind the idea of Sanchez like killing this guy and seeing the blood on the on the window, I that think, is be pretty effective.
0: Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You just have that.
1: Yeah, you didn't really need this practical effect of his head actually has exploded. It could have just been him grabbing his head and then you just hear it and see the blood like that would have been really good. It's mm. just again there was a real effort in this film to shove blood and gore in your face and it's like just you didn't need it. Just you just didn't need it to this level. You could have had a more bloody gory film than previous Bond films, but they just had to take that extra step. It was like somebody was like no, we have to include gore. It has to have gore. It's not like how would the scene work better or what would be the best thing for the scene. It's somebody saying like we have to have gore. And it's just, it doesn't ruin the scene for me, but it's still like, it was just the wrong decision.
0: Listen, if they can't even get a shark looking realistic at the beginning of the film, <laughs> they were setting themselves up to fail with this. It was very ambitious to have such a practical effect. Oh. Uh, I do kind of give them credit for that, that they tried, but it just didn't look good.
1: It's not a that. bad effort. Yeah. I think it was just a misguided cause at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. One quick thing to mention to end off the scene is one of the goons looks inside and says, like, oh, Sanchez, what do we do about the money now? And he says, launder it.
1: <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's a comedian. As See, well.
0: he can get the lines too. That's, I thought that was quite a good line, actually. <laughs> um, right. So um, then we have in my notes, I've just put Q and Pam
1: leave. That's about it, yeah. It, it's another one of these scenes where they they're on the boat and Bond's like, "I I work better alone. Leave." <laughs> and Q oh yeah,
0: sad. and and they walk down the dock and Q puts his arm around her. That's right. He's like, and don't Q's worry. looking back. He's looking back at Bond in the boat, like shaking his head. Is this is oh, the
1: fifth or sixth time that Bond has might- told them to leave.
0: I'd be the sixth, actually. It's so many;
1: it loses all weight when it's just like, no, "I work better alone." And it's like, "Okay," because guess oh. what? We've not seen the last of Pam. <laughs> well, sadly, the
0: last of Q, though. Yeah, right? I know. Oh no, we haven't. No, we haven't. He does come back. Sorry, tell the lie. Oh yes, sudden uh, sleeper anyway. Yes. Um, so, so they don't. Bond... Neither of them leave. Then why? Why do we keep no. doing this? <laughs> I don't know. What are we doing? I don't know. They really want it. They just really wanted to sell Bond doesn't want them there. I just oh, we get it. Bond is going solo. We get it. Or at least he wants to. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Bond is back in bed. Uh, Sanchez's bed or well, not Not actually Sanchez's bed uh, back in Sanchez's house in his own little bedroom with the creepy fish. Um, and Sanchez comes in, wakes him up. And says, uh, oh, you know, thanks for thanks for the tip. You were right. We got him. We got the person who, who betrayed me. And even now, Bond is still, you know, he's done what he needs to do in, in terms of getting rid of Crest, but still getting under his skin because he's like, oh, well, surely there's someone else. Like, who else? No one would try and do that alone, would they? And uh, Sanchez is, you know, that that does make him think. He's like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, He's very impressed by Bond anyway. So he uh, he invites him. He says that they're going to go somewhere tomorrow, basically. Um, and as, when Sanchez leaves, uh, Lupe comes in, and we get a little scene with Bond and Lupe, where she is, you know, she's so, she's very, very keen on leaving, and she wants to leave with Bond. You know, She feels safe with Bond. She trusts Bond. She, she wants to get out of the situation with Sanchez. She's had enough. She doesn't want to be his girlfriend um, anymore, and... Bond is obviously still very keen to complete the mission and get rid of Sanchez. I can't actually remember what they say in this scene. They just end up kissing and yeah, don't know if you remember anything more.
1: No, not really. It's it's as you kind of say, she wants to leave and it just somehow leads to them kissing. It's, it's a bit, a bit lazy. But again, I don't see it lazy in the way that like 80, what, well, so that Bond films usually are. Although it is that it is, it feels to me more like an eighties trope than a Bond trope. Even though it is a Bond trope, but maybe that that maybe that's just because I'm in full eighties mode by this point. Yeah, but, yeah.
0: Back in the hotel, uh, Pam Pam and Bond's hotel, although it's just Pam and Q now. They're still there, so they're they're not quite gone yet. Um, but Lupe arrives. Somehow she got out enough, like got enough time to come and visit Pam and Q. Uh, and comes to say that she's you know she's really worried about bond he still wants to go and and deal with sanchez and basically asking for pam's help in this situation about whether they can go and stop bond or at least help bond um although pam is a little bit jealous cuz she says about how lupe says about how bond stayed the night and there's just this little little look that pam gives like grow up come on <laughs> come on now uh but this is the scene where i was just like okay i'm definitely done with lupe because she just sells it as a, she's just completely and com, like openly in love with James now, and she even says like, "I love James so much," and the way she says it's like it's just cringe. It's just honestly, I don't buy this at all, at all.
1: Well, this was just to make Pam jealous. Just to, yeah, like they really ham it up so Pam gets all jealous, and he's like. Mm. Because she's all mad and it, the whole thing is all Marge, just terrible. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing is all just terrible. But yeah, that's kind of why they did it, I think.
0: Uh, I just, yeah, I re- I'm, yeah, I just don't like, I just don't like that actress, and I don't know the character of Lupe. Uh, but after that, we now we see. I think this is Q's last appearance. Actually, now Q is once again in another disguise. Yes. How many disguises did he bring? I don't know. Oh, at least three. Uh, imagine the ones he didn't use
1: though he had quite I a few in the I imagine
0: yeah he opens up his wardrobe and he's like hmm what to use today oh i've got uh, the, big the big broom Got the big broom got the big walkie talkie broom so i'm going to use that which kind of reminded me of the one we saw in the last film of the the rake i think it was yeah. it was like a radio rake but uh does q has was, a big
1: mustache as well
0: yeah he's like in in this disguise and is sweeping this road on the side um where bond is being driven out so this must be outside sanchez's house somewhere because he spots that bond is is being um driven away so he radios through to pam i guess and uh pam is on an airfield trying to get back into her plane the one that she came in except it's been ruined or it's been taken apart or something along those lines i think on sanchez's order yeah sanchez
1: is ordered for all planes to be like audited and like ma- maintained because so no one can leave on a plane, right?
0: So, although she then just turns around and there's a plane, <laughs> there's yeah, there's literally a, a plane right behind her. So she looks over and hmm, okay, so she's fine, no worries. Uh, what's basically happening now is everyone is conglomerating in this, uh, uh, what how do they head like the headquarters or, or where no,
1: meditation institute do you mean? The
0: institute, or basically where uh Sanchez is you know, where his plan and manufacturing plant and all that stuff to show all the investors that we saw earlier. So, everyone's heading that way. Bond's been taken there in a car. Um, Sanchez and Dario are heading there in a helicopter uh, with the Stinger missiles. Um, so they they come to this like, yeah, this big it's the same place that the preacher, Professor Joe guy, was on TV standing in front of, um, kind of fe- funky looking place. I don't know how to describe it, really. It's like, it's like made out of stone. yeah, it's
1: like kind of religious, but it's very like, I guess, Central America. It's not like Aztec, but it's, I guess, that type of thing. It's yeah. just huge. It's a really amazing looking place, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I assume, yeah, it must be a real place somewhere. I don't know. I don't think it was entirely a set, was it?
1: Can't be. It's so
0: big. It's huge. Can't be um so yeah everyone's heading there and sanchez lands in a helicopter like this big thing opens up and um they can land like this big kind of uh door hatchway opens and they land in a helicopter bond is inside with the investors they're all being given a tour by the american young american guy truman um showing them that you know the science labs and how or the cocaine is is dealt with and manufactured and and dispatched sort of thing. So he asks them to put on a a mask to uh, to not get high, to not not get an addiction. Um, so they all put on uh, face masks, to, thankfully to cover most of their face. And Sanchez and Dario eventually join this this tour, and that's how Dario doesn't immediately spot Bond. Although I think he definitely there's a there's something going on there because he does spot. A little bit, but not enough. Yeah, he starts
1: like staring at him, trying to figure it out. So it's suspicious, but doesn't know for
0: sure. A little bit suspicious. And further on in this tour, one of the scientists is there showing everyone about how they dissolve the cocaine in gasoline and given this little science demonstration. And as this is going on, we see Pam, who's managed to get here as well in her plane. So she is. Pretending that she's got a big donation to give. She's got a big bag full of money from Bond. Well, it's um,
1: also not just the plane, like she lands nearby, but she actually gets off a truck with a load of pigs in the back.
0: Does she? Oh my, I did not remember that at all.
1: Yeah, like so she does get with a plane, but she doesn't land the plane outside the place. Instead she just like hitchhikes and it's I think it's meant to be a little bit of a joke. Because like she's there's like two black pigs in the back of this truck that she like gets off from.
0: Oh! Oh! Wow! Yeah, I must have been looking away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, she's she's getting in with uh, with a bribe, got a big donation to drop off, and um, she eventually gets seen by Professor Joe, who hey. is there and he's all dressed, you know, dressed in all his white and looks looks the part and is basically a big creep. And oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Professor Joe, but. Pam is kind of acting up being like, Oh, this place is amazing. And can you show me around? Can I see more? Cause she wants to try and get closer to wherever bond has gone. Um, so this Joe guy says, sure, you know, come with me and I'll show you, uh, show you this place His meditation room or whatever it is, if you're so interested in joining. And it's basically one of like, it's his, it's his bedroom, which is soundproofed as well, which is like, Ooh, <laughs> but yeah, she, she does kind of lead him on a bit like laying in the bed and, uh, he gets on with her, and that's where she reveals her little gun that we saw before, little gun on her thigh, like inside her thigh, and uh, points it at him and takes his keys and presumably locks him inside. I don't think we see that, but he doesn't come out. So, yeah, she locks him inside. And back in the lab area, um, they're still doing these science demonstrations, except now Dario, I think, has got close enough. And it's it's finally clicked. He finally knows and has spotted Bond for who he really is. So he kind of comes up behind him with a gun behind his back, behind Bond's back. And this science demonstration, part of it is the Sanchez is saying how, because it's done through gasoline, there's no trace. And once you're done, once you've separated the cocaine from the gasoline, you can just burn the gasoline and that's it. So he does this as a little demonstration and sets this little vial alight with a big, big flame on it. And that's the cue for Bond to start making a bit of a ruckus. And I think he, knocks over the flaming flask and that starts a fire in this lab yeah
1: it's very quick because all it is it's just like a Bunsen burner just shoots up a little bit right
0: yeah (laughs) like nothing really goes
1: wrong but it's like that format that we see in all these bond sort of things where you're like oh how is he gonna get out of this one because he's in a room full of people inside the villain's lair and he's got a gun to his back but it's just like Oh, a bit of fire.
0: All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this place goes up quick. I mean, I guess there's a lot of gasoline around, but yeah. it's waste no time in getting the destruction going.
1: Yeah, definitely. But I do want to just say again because like we talked about it a little bit, but this place is just incredible. Like they've done it again. They've found this really unique place and kind of bondified it, I guess. So, I wouldn't describe this as like a proper lair, but obviously this is their drug operation and manufacturing and where it all comes from but mm. of course that's not what it is in real life but yeah it's another one where they've taken that and made something really cool out of it and when the helicopter arrives before at the start of the scene like the middle of the floor which is huge it's insanely huge and has these like cartoony old like stylized flame around it completely lifts up to allow the helicopter to come in and it just looks amazing uh, it's obviously probably a model or fake i don't know how they did it but it it really sells sanchez a lot and it's another case of yep they found an incredible place to shoot and it looks incredible it's a it's a great place to have this
0: yeah like it's up in the hills it's all kind of this remote area and it it's i mean it is more rocks than metal (laughs) it's 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 good you can't break you can't break the formula that much but it is yeah it i'm i'm being kind of facetious It, it is a really cool looking set well not even a set some of the time
1: yeah so yes everything's now on fire or starting to go on fire and bond gets grabbed by the two henchmen so a load of people start leaving but not everyone so sanchez is still there and two people get grabbed and dario's like that's an informant or he's like that's bond that's the guy like he's a bad guy so sanchez now knows and Sanchez straight away asked who is Bond working for, which I felt was a really nice little touch there because, of course, Sanchez is trying to figure out who's behind this all, but Bond was just doing it as a personal vendetta. So I kind of liked the irony there that Mm. he was trying to track down a big conspiracy, but it was just Bond getting revenge. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. So yes, everyone's fleeing. So they tie Bond up and we find out that somebody says like, hey, we can't control the fire. Like, we can't do anything. We can't stop this fire. It's too... Con- like, it's, there's not much we can do. So Sanchez says, like, grab the money, grab the, the gasoline and the drugs, and we just go. Off which the young man from before, like the Truman guy, is all like, that's crazy. Like, we need to save this money. And he's like, I don't care about the money. And freaks out a little bit. We get some angry Sanchez here, which... I, I I don't know how this actor did it, but he balances the calm and nice and the, the angry stuff really well. Um, so we get him shouting a little bit. So we see Pam in like a robe running along, like heading in that direction towards Bond, but she's not there yet. So Bond is then put on a conveyor nearby and we see at the end of the conveyor, there's like a chute. And at the bottom of the chute, there's like these two like gears or grinders that like grind up the drugs or something like that it's all part of the process so they put bond on and then they start like turning it on or sanchez turns it on and he's like being pushed along and bond is grabbing the rail on the side to stop and bond is trying to convince sanchez like you can't trust anyone you don't know who's go. like you know don't do this you need to find out who's betrayed you sanchez isn't listening and eventually bond says "Ah, oh, the stingers i know like what about the stinger missiles Offward, Sanchez stops the belt and Bond says that the woman or Lupe has the stingers or implies it, I think. He's he's dropping the idea that Lupe has something to do with the stingers. So at that point, they just turn on the conveyor belt and just leave Bond there or Sanchez leaves. And Dario then approaches Bond with his knife. And to be honest, I didn't even click that the knife was his thing from what you were saying before.
0: It's not much, but I think that is his thing.
1: Yeah, I guess he is meant to be the henchman with the knife, but it's it's not too big of a deal because they don't really f- focus on henchmen. But this seems like some sort of like, I guess they technically wanted to say he's a proper henchman because he has a thing. But to me, his thing is the smile, the creepy smile that he does. <laughs> like that's pretty think, like, effective in itself.
0: If it wasn't for having a hook hand, that would have been Teehee's thing as well. Yeah, Teehee would have been very upset. Because he likes a good laugh that's a good a good smile didn't he? oh
1: yeah they could have gone they would have gone yeah i think he might have
0: even had gold tooth as well
1: yeah 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 best mates but yeah so he approaches bond so bond has been so his hogtied i think is the right term he's been tied up by the hands and he's now gone all the way along the conveyor belt but he's caught so he's above the crusher in the chute but hanging up by his hogtie so Dario comes over and starts cutting the hog tie that bond is hanging from and Pam then enters at the last minute, sees everyone fleeing and leaving and like what happens here? So yes, okay, so I think there's a small moment because Dario saw Pam get shot or was the one that shot Pam? So he's all like, Oh, you're you're dead and we get the, the reply, You took the words right out of my mouth and shoots at oh. Dario and knocks him down. And then he goes onto the conveyor. He tries to hang on to Bond, but his legs get caught, and then he's completely shredded, of which Bam's like, are oh, you all right? And then he's like, shut the bloody machine off. And that's the <laughs> end of Dario.
0: Right. Okay, I said oh during that because I've just put two and two together. I did not even think that, yeah, the last time Dario would have seen her, he thinks... She's dead. Like, he shot her in the back. Yeah. Because in one thing I noted is that for some reason... Well, not for some reason. Now I know why. They dressed up Pam. As you say, she's in this white robe. This very long robe. Pure white. Not a a mark on it. And when she stops in front of the crusher to to shoot Dario, there's like a yellow circle behind her head. And it is very much... I feel like this is this must have been on purpose to make her look. I even swear there's like a bit of a, like an angelic sound when she. Yeah, does this. I
1: think so as well.
0: Like so, right? And then that makes sense. It's like she's come back from the dead, in, from Dario's perspective. I see. Yeah, it's it's a bit weird because it's, it's a bit weird. It's a big callback, but
1: again, it's also just not a Bond thing. Like it's it's fine for an '80s action comedy, but it's not a Bond joke. Especially the payoff, like, because she's saying one liners. Pam might have as many or more one liners as Bond does in this film, and it's like, that's not right. No. But yeah, it's very, very silly. I i quite like this scene. I quite like the idea of this conveyor belt and Dario again. I think Dario's a ton of fun. I wish he was in the film a little bit more if we got rid of Hella, but then I guess the stinger stuff wouldn't have worked. But he's not in it much, but he's a ton of fun, and he gets quite a gruesome death. Although again, it feels a little bit more justified by this point with the grinders, because he does get like just completely crushed in that machine. But it's, you know, it's 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 pretty good. It's got a lot of tension. Bond hanging like that, Bond being in a desperate situation. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. And I, I liked uh as his as Bond is going down the conveyor and Sanchez is still there and his Bond is pleading to him in a way like about, you know, are you sure you want to do this sort of thing? And it's almost a bit like Goldfinger where Bond says something that was enough to be like, well, well, hang on a minute, stop. Like, as if, you know, when he was on the, the laser table and he says about uh, the, uh, what was the operation called in, in oh. Goldfinger? Uh, ah.
1: Oh, man, my memory is so bad. It's not, it's got to be something to do with the gold, surely.
0: Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it's called, and that was enough to make Goldfinger stop. Whereas, and you think that's going to be the case here because he says about the stingers and... and uh Sanchez is, oh, hang on, hold on, wait, 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 what, what did he just say? But then I like how it's like, actually, no, he's going to turn it back on. He's going to make sure that he does die. Uh, he's, he's got what he needed to know. I just like that little twist on it.
1: Would you like to know the name of the operation from Goldfinger?
0: Yeah, it's going to bug me.
1: It's a Grand Slam.
0: Grand Slam. Oh, we're going to be called fake fans.
1: Oh, that's already happened. <laughs> it's too late
0: now. Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie, so after Pam has saved Bond from the Crusher, um, we do get a quick shot with Sanchez um, meeting up with Heller, and given what he's just heard from Bond, he's obviously very suspicious. Uh, but yeah, Heller's like, oh, you know, stingers are fine, they're here, don't worry. Um, but I think Sanchez does tell one of his goons to like, you know, keep an eye on him or something like that, I'll go after him, go after Heller, uh, because we cut back to Bond and Pam. The whole place is exploding. This this lab around them. And as they're looking for a way out, this forklift crashes through the wall and Hella is impaled on the front of it. And oh man. Um obviously Pam was like, oh no. Uh, but Bond says, <laughs> Looks like he came to a dead end. And what's that? This, mean? Well, I don't I don't really get that in terms of like I guess the forklift stopped, but this was. I know I've said about this before in a previous episode, but this was giving me major Austin Powers vibes of the bit where he keeps on just saying a really, a really rubbish one-liner in the face of this really horrific thing in front of them, and eventually, like the other lady's like, "Hey, yeah, All right, stop." It's just like this. See the way that he delivered this this line, given what we've just seen, this man impaled, and he says looks like it came to a dead end he always says it kind of cheekily it's like really now you're gonna kind of slow it down and do that it's just bizarre well usually it's
1: bond killing someone in like a odd way this is just like an innocent man who was meant to be like helping out pam as well (laughs) yeah just like burst it's like a corpse burst through the wall and then bond's like oh i've got something for this well, not really, but I'll just <laughs> say really. something anyway. But normally it's like, yeah, the former is Bond killing someone in a fight. So he's defending himself. And as part of his cool confidence, he says a line to kind of cap off the fight. That's the point. It's not just, oh, that person's dead. Right. <laughs> Let's make a joke and move on.
0: <laughs> it's true. it's quite bad. But uh, everyone's leaving this place. It's exploding. Like this whole institute is just blowing up around them. So Sanchez is is obviously left with... Um, uh his stingers um and Bond and Pam they leave they find a golf cart or something like of that. Of course. Uh, they just yeah have to find that and drive that out and pinch the money back from Joe as because uh, 'cause they're all running out and they, they drive past him and Pam grabs the bag of money back from him and I think it says like Bless you, as as they drive off. So he's he's taking it in his stride, I guess. Yeah, that's um, like
1: his catchphrase. He's not in it a lot, but every scene he's in, he says, "Bless your heart." So, that's, oh yeah, bless it's your like heart, a yeah. recurring thing that he always says, no matter
0: what happens. <laughs> I wanted more of him, even though he was a creep. Uh, but yeah, all the all the big tankers of the gasoline and the cocaine mixture—they're they're all left. They're all now on the road. Um, Bond and Pam, they get into the plane, back into the plane, and Pam flies over one of the tankers and drops onto it. So now he's on the back of of one of these big tankers that are driving around, and Sanchez, who's, I think, in front, um, is shooting at him uh, because he's got, like, a machine gun or an Uzi with him and is trying to shoot Bond. And... Did you spot, I mean, it's difficult to miss, but like the sound of the bullets make the Bond theme. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I Bad. Really just, why? It just why? sounded terrible. I just... It was just, if you're going to have a Bond theme, have a midget whistle it, because yes. at least it's going to sound realistic. That you just sound... don't want this
1: in the action scenes. Do you? Like, I don't want this at all. But if you're going to do it, don't do it during the the finale. Like, come on. We're meant to be invested at this point. Don't. Don't yeah. do it here.
0: Because this, this is it now. We're getting into This is the, the, the big ending action stunts here. But no, just a little bit of time for a little Easter egg, like a little, little gag there. Um, very, very strange. I just feel like they don't know what they're doing here, where they're doing like yeah these big stunts, and then they're having this terrible one-liners, and then there's a little Bond theme on the bullets. It's like, oh, just, just stick to it. We've had this point before now, with you know, we've reached this point. We know we know what to expect as an audience. Don't don't change it. Just have Bond win the day. <laughs> anyway, Bond makes his way uh, to the front of the tanker um, and uses a fire extinguisher to like spray the driver and kick him out of the the driver's seat. And so now Bond is in control of the tanker. Um, and I think this is where Sanchez tells. I don't know how he does this. I, mean, I think they drive up alongside one of the other tankers and he tells the other tanker driver to, like, block his way or something like that. Yeah,
1: you don't hear any dialogue, so it's a bit confusing, but there's some communication between Sanchez and the driver and you're meant to then assume afterwards that that's why the driver starts doing something different.
0: Yeah, because the other one starts, that, so the tanker now in front of Bond starts veering over the road to block his path and there's a pineapple truck that comes past and Bond nearly crashes into that. Um and yeah then the other tanker like tries to ram into bond when they're like side by side so he's trying to do what he can um but yeah bond gets past it all right and then the, the order of this stuff i need to make sure i get the order of this stuff right because now one of the missiles is used but i don't know what happened to the other tanker um
1: (laughs) i guess it depends on what point we're in right i I think the other tank the other tanker just crashes i think bond just smashes into it because they're just going into each other along the road so bond smashes the one that the driver is in and that causes just a crash on the side
0: oh yeah you're right you're right because yes because sanchez uh tells one of his his henchmen to use one of the stinger missiles to to shoot um the tanker that Bond's in, obviously the American guy. By the way, I looked up his name because I got his name wrong. It's not Truman Large. It's Truman Lodge. Truman so, Lodge. Lodge. Truman Lodge would be a strange name. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, he's obviously not happy about all this stuff blowing up because it's money, literally money in, in these tankers, millions and millions of dollars. But um, one of the henchmen gets the Stinger missile and like locks on to Bond as as he's driving towards him. And Bond kind of spots that there's this guy up ahead of him aiming this big uh missile launcher at him so just as the missiles launched bond thankfully has this big pile of mud or tarmac or something next to him on the road which he uses to sort of do a uh a, a wheelie like no a wheelie comes up later on the on. back this is yeah, yeah like I a side basically shifts the tanker onto its side wheels momentarily um so the Stinger missile goes under the tanker and hits the tanker behind. So there you go. Uh and then the tanker does land on top of the Jeep that all these goons came in, so that destroys what they were driving in as well. Yeah, it's um I thought it was cool. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I remembered it being cooler though. I gotta say,
1: Yeah, it's it's I? not yeah, I don't know. I, I I liked it. it it's cool. It, I'm glad that they're bringing back the car on its side wheels sort of thing again because it was cool in Diamonds Are Forever. They just kind of messed it up a little bit, so it was deserved. And there's just something so fun about this whole chase in general. Seeing these big tankers because they're so huge mm. and it really brings something to this. So yeah, seeing it go up is cool, and seeing it explode is cool. It's all yeah, it's a pretty cool start.
0: Uh, yeah. So. Once Bond has got past them, uh, they shoot out the tyres of this tanker, all these henchmen behind him. So that kind of leaves it to veer out of control a bit. So it ends up kind of half hanging off the edge of the road over a little bit of a hill. Well, quite a big hill. Um, So Bond gets out. uh, Because that's kind of like totaled now, basically. That's wrecked. And Pam helpfully flies over in her plane and drops a load of dust on all the the goons. So (laughs) they... They're um they're distracted for a while anyway.
1: This goon stuff is where it kinda of lost me a little bit with this. Yeah. Because this just, is where there's actually yeah. a lot more comedy in this than I remember. Which is mm. kind of a shame.
0: Yeah. It, I think um they should have just died. Like get rid of 'em. <laughs> they need to come back. <laughs> well not died, but just leave them there. They haven't got a car anymore. But no, they do come back. Uh Bond Oh, what does Bond do next? He so I don't over. think he completely
1: totals the tanker.
0: I not the not wrong. the driving bit. Right? It's just like the bit with the fuel in it.
1: Yeah, so he separates the fuel from the front and that causes yeah. it to go down the hill.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that goes down the hill and perfectly timed with the other tanker. So there were three. <laughs> Uh and there was another one driving. I think there's four as a, to the a total. Four? Yeah. Oh right, yeah, because then Yeah, it's, is it's, in the it's last weird.
1: One. It, but like, yeah, the whole point of the scene is that like it's a big tanker chase, but one by one they get blown up. So yeah. we've already had one get blown up by the stinger missile, and now Bond is in the second one, but he has just unhooked the tank a bit at the back with all the, the gasoline and the drugs in, and that is now just like going down this hill uh to crash into another tanker
0: yeah so that's three wiped out now, big explosions, lots of money wasted uh Truman is very upset he's he's yelling at Sanchez um about how much money they're losing, and Sanchez is you know he doesn't care about the money, so he just shoots Truman <laughs> with his machine gun, <laughs> mows him down, so that's him taken care of uh,
1: I do love that though it's uh it's such a, it's a dramatic, moment, but... yeah, it's yeah. dramatic, but it is Sanchez kind of destroying his own empire and bond playing it it's all. Like I think narratively, this is pretty satisfying, of having Bonders truly kind of destroy Sanchez in a very real sense, piece by piece. But Sanchez kind of does it himself by being manipulated by Bond. It's really, really satisfying payoff with all these. And that guy just deserves to be shot like that anyway. That's 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 fair enough to me.
0: Yeah, he was annoying, but yeah, one by one, all of uh, all of the men around uh, Sanchez taken out. Taken down by Bond or by, by Sanchez. So, yeah, you're right. Um, the goons... I keep switching between goons and henchmen. Same thing. They're back in another car now chasing Bond. I know, they found another car. Uh, so they're shooting at him from behind. Uh, but now Bond's reached up to like where that big explosion was with the, the tankers. And so yeah, there's this big wall of fire um, to get through. So this is where he does... This is where he does the wheelie. So he does, like puts his foot down and and causes this uh you know the front bit of a tanker just the the cab to go up on its back wheels and get kind of safely-ish over the big wall of fire uh, in front of him and then the bond music swells a bond theme as he does this it is kind of cool like it's just you know it's just big cars big trucks fire it's like all the staples of action stuff
1: yeah, it's so self-indulgent of, with its yeah. explosions and action, but it's just a ton of fun. It's great. Yeah. It's uh, let's get a load of tankers in the desert and just have them all blow up and crash and fire and stuff. It's uh, it's it's just a ton of fun.
0: There's just fire everywhere with this. There's just so many explosions and fire. The the henchman behind in the car they drive through, but they don't do any wheelies, so their tires catch a light as they're driving. So they, Their worlds are all flaming. Um, Bond. uh, What does Bond do next? There's just just a lot of stuff that happens.
1: Yeah, so I think the guards, it goes, yeah, I'm not, so, okay. So Pam arrives on the plane because at this point Sanchez has stolen the last tanker. Mm. So now it's Bond in just the front of one of the tankers, just whatever you would call the front of it chasing Sanchez in the last tanker and Pam is also there with the plane so Sanchez shoots at Bond so Bond decides to turn on cruise control so because Bond got shot at that got rid of the window he kicks out his window and yeah now he turns on cruise control climbs out of the front he reaches to the back of the tanker that Sanchez is driving he grabs onto it and that causes the truck that he was driving just to kind of Go off the side. It doesn't explode. It just, no, no. just goes off the side a bit and very calmly goes down the hill. So we then still have the dusty guards like shooting at Bond, because they didn't get completely taken out. And these were the ones that kind of annoyed me a bit, because these are kind of almost like the comedy bits, where they were there at the star, they got covered in dust, and now they're just chasing the whole time in dust. But they just don't go away soon enough. Like, they, they should have just died in that fire from before, but... No, we've still got a dusty guard here giving a little bit of a shot. So Bond's solution to this is that he's at the back of this truck or full of gasoline, this tanker. So he undoes the valve, which pours a load of gasoline in the road. And then does he shoot it to set it on fire or does it just kind of set some fire by itself?
0: Hmm, that's a good question. And I don't know the answer.
1: I'm not too sure either. But either way, he sets on fire the petrol that came from the valve. And that follows the streak and explodes the car, um, which ends up driving off the cliff, flaming, and it almost hits Pam in the plane for some reason.
0: Yeah, it's quite a cool shot because it does... Uh, I, I guess it's a bit of forced perspective there, but it does look like it is kind of like, yeah, just going over the plane on fire. Kind yeah, of, and yeah, but it does comedy. also
1: reinforce the comedy character bit with them. I, I really could have done without, but it's not a big deal, but I could have done without. So... We then see Sanchez poke the Stinger missile or the Stinger launcher out of the window, and he fires it, and that it cuts a hole in the back of the plane. So, like, how missiles hmm. work?
0: That- yeah, I guess it was like too early in the missile path that it didn't explode, so it just ripped a hole instead.
1: Yeah, all it does is rip a hole because I think the like Pam is trying to get to Bond at this point and, and fly there, so. That causes the plane to break... Hold on, I'm not too sure what happens here. Because I th- they crash, right?
0: Yeah, Pam crashes and I think they the, the plane goes through some rocks so the wings get smashed off it as well.
1: Yeah, so that stops. But I'm trying to think what happens with Bond and Sanchez. <laughs> because somehow oh. they stop.
0: Oh, so um, Sanchez eventually just because he's missed of his missiles, he just gets a machete, and he just climbs ah. out, and then he, he cuts the brake line.
1: Oh, I see. Yes, that's right. So yeah, so they're now fighting, but he cuts the brake line, which causes the truck to go off the side with Bond and Sanchez still on it. But they just kind of crash. Like, they just completely crash. There's no explosions, and... We see Bond and Sanchez just passed out on the floor, all cuts and blood all over them, you know, very much end of the film vibes where they're all just kind of covered in all these marks of this big fight. So we see Sanchez passed out and then we see Bond kind of waking up and starting to crawl. And as that happens, well, Bond goes for Sanchez's machete, but uh, Sanchez grabs it before he pulls them up and Bond says... Uh, don't you want to know why? I, I think he says a little bit more there about like why I'm doing all this, and he's like, don't you want to know why? And he gets out Felix's lighter. I hope everyone remembers that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he gets Ooh. out the lighter, we get the shot of the front of the lighter, because there was a personalised message to Bond on it. So he says, don't you want to know why? And then he s- turns on the lighter, and that sets Sanchez on fire. And because he's covered in petrol, so he burns off, and... Bond then runs away, and because Sanchez is on fire, that causes the last tanker to explode, and Bond runs off, and we see Bond to start getting a little bit emotional here, but at that moment, Pam arrives, so that stops that dead in its tracks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it was almost something there, It's just a moment of kind of clarity, a moment of of just a time to breathe. Like yeah, I said a, bit earlier, closure, a bit of closure. A bit of closure. Yeah, so but, I
1: don't know why they cut that off, but yeah, Pam arrives in a truck, I think. But So the truck that Bond got up before, that just rolled off the cliff, Pam is now driving it. <laughs> so, so he gets in and then we just cut to, that's it. That's your big finale. So I think I've already said what I think about this. A ton of fun. I think it's a great end for Sanchez as well. You really get this really great sense of Bond and Sanchez kind of fighting to the end, fighting on this tanker, giving him this machete. But to have Bond kind of set him on fire with the lighter and have him burn like that and explode, it's great end for him. Like, really just a great ending scene overall. Don't like the comedy stuff with the dusty guards, but this, this all really paid off really well for me. Great thematically, great visually, just, yeah, really great stuff here.
0: Yeah, having having the end villain fight in like a moving, you know, dynamic situation like this, where it is these tankers one by one getting knocked out, and everything's just, it's just constantly moving. And I think that helps with often these ending of Bond films. They feel like it just all oh, maybe goes a bit too sluggish, or it goes the other way and goes a bit too chaotic with massive firefights. Whereas I think this is quite. Um, disciplined in it's like one thing and it does it very well it's like okay we're going to do one chase of different elements to it but we're going to stick on that and I think it really worked as I said earlier I did think I remembered it being a little bit some bits of it being a little bit better Uh, but I think it all overall comes together really well and I do like you know I like the car flipping through the fire when the Bond music plays it does still remind you oh yeah this this is a Bond film times it might not have felt like it but it is uh, simple stuff, just play the Bond theme and I'm happy. So, yeah. And as you say, good ending to uh, Sanchez, like one-on-one with Bond. Oh, really good. One of the like strong, strongest parts of the film, I'd say.
1: Yeah, definitely. So that brings us towards the end. So we see Felix in hospital looking a lot better, still without his arm or without his leg, but still looking a bit better. And I think he's talking to Bond uh, on the phone and he's like, ah, oh, great job, James. Uh, I think M is trying to reach you. You know, that's... It's so, a good accent. Thanks.
0: Good impression.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it, though it's kind of not directly said but implied that M is trying to reach Bond to give Bond his job back. <laughs> um, so he's going to get re, re-employed. And we see Bond meeting up with Lupe. And she has the iguana. And she decides that she likes it now. And, oh, God... So remember the scene from The Living Daylights where we get like a, <laughs> a scene of everyone just meeting up and hanging out and it's all very corny? Well, mm. despite this film's change in time, we're going to do it again. So we have some <laughs> jokes with Lupe and now she likes the iguana because they're having a big party in Sanchez's old house. So we see Q and Pam there. They're getting a drink. It's a very fancy party this. Everyone's all very dressed up and yeah, we see Bond talking to Lupe and Lupe kisses James and says thank you and Pam and Q look on and Pam runs away crying and she's she goes by this pool and Bond kind of sees this and I think uh, Lupe's like, oh, you can go with her or you can stay with me and Bond then leaves and Pam is crying by the pool, and like the president shows up. The president, yeah, Hector's
0: there. Yeah, Bond's like, oh, I think you and the presidente would make a fine couple. Like, really? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I
1: think she's meant to be like a gold digger. Not really a gold digger, but you know what I mean. Like, just attaching herself. Apparently, the man that played Hector Lopez was like the son of the man that played uh, Bay from Russia from Russia with Love.
0: Oh, Karen Bay, that's nice. nice yeah, Karen play. Bay, this yeah. was his
1: son playing this role in this film. So that's quite oh, nice. Oh, that's
0: nice, yeah. Yeah.
1: So Bond is up above. So she's but Pam's by the pool, Bond's up above on a balcony, and he jumps into the pool. And then Bond pulls Pam into the pool, they're all laughing. And you've got Q sees this, so he just shakes his head. He's like, Oh
0: This is guy. where Q this is where he next the drink. <laughs> this yeah. is the other neck yeah, it's just like gulp. <laughs> got two in his hand as well
1: yeah so we get q right until the end which is great and then yeah they kiss and then we cut to a winking fish yeah of course there's like a, a fish statue similar to what we saw before and it winks yeah
0: do you not have a winking fish in in your pool
1: i just want to cut to like Felix getting his legs cut off, and then it just hard cuts to the winking fish. (laughs) And it's like, what are you... Like, why are these... Uh, It didn't make me that mad because it's right at the end of the film, but when I say it out loud and think about it, just, why are these endings so corny for the Timothy Dalton films? I didn't realise it, but both of these have been so insanely corny where everyone's just so happy, ecstatically happy and enjoying themselves. Like, the Roger Moore films didn't do that. A Few to a Kill didn't do that. Octopussy didn't do that. It's just something they've introduced for these last two for Timothy Dalton, these, like, comedy sort of endings, where it was like, ha, 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 if, if everyone's merry. I don't yeah. understand.
0: Almost like a freeze frame ending. I expected just a pause of all them, like, toasting their drinks and then yeah. happy music plays. Yeah. Well, I
1: said before, I think the the last one, it could have ended with, like, a Shrek-style sing-along. And this is the same like oh Q ha ha ha, and then he starts singing it's like, <laughs> um, and then the credits play after the winking fish, yeah, and we get another love song. It's again a a, a brand new song, not anything we've heard before. It's just kind of like an eighties lovey, I guess R and B style sort of song. I don't really know anything about it. Don't really have much to say about it because we're at the end of the film by this point. But yeah. Like they did with the last film, they do the same thing where they've got an original song just for the end credits, which is more like the romantic style song.
0: Yeah, I remember not liking it, but that's about it. Really nothing to add about that. Yeah, it's very kind of whatever
1: at the end of the day. So there we go. That was A License to Kill. Oh, well, there we Um, are. What did you think? Well, I think it's me, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it is you.
1: Yeah, because the last one was Living Dead*, But... uh, this is such an interesting film because this is... I've already mentioned this, but it's worth repeating. This is the first time where I was like, this isn't really a Bond film. So then the question in my head... There's two questions in my head. Like, is this a good Bond film? And also, is this just a good film? And I would say it's not a very good Bond film, but it is a very enjoyable like 80s action film. I actually did get quite into this after about maybe a third of it in it starts off a little rough i don't really like some of that goal with felix and the opening's decent enough but after that point i'm not really into it because it's like transitioning away from being what a bond film is but once they get to the casino i think after that point i had a really great time watching this one it's a little bit long but it's a john glenn film so they're all a little bit long but i think it really works as that action kind of thing And, well, obviously the highlight is Sanchez as the villain. He really stands out. He really is memorable. He's intimidating when he needs to be, but he's charismatic when he needs to be. There's a real tie between him and Bond, and there's real kind of chemistry between those two when they talk, and they really establish that connection. And the action is also pretty good overall. I mean, mostly it's just the tanker scene. Everything else is just kind of okay, but everything else is okay overall. What does ruin ruin it for me a little bit is some of these tropes are a little bit too much. I don't think Pam is very good. She does annoy me. By the time I got to the end, I didn't really hate her all that much because I was just in full, like, whatever, silly action mode. But especially for the first half, when I was trying to take her ser- somewhat seriously, she was just annoying. But we get Q, and Q is just so charming and enjoyable. It's such a mixed one, though, because I like Q here, but... I- Q's such a Bond character. So it's like, I it it's such a weird balance. So it's like, I did like it. And I actually came away like, as a film, I liked it more than The Living Daylights. And I think I got a lot more out of it. And I had a good time with it. But yeah, I would never rewatch this as like, I'm in the mood for Bond. So in terms of ranking it, that makes it really, really difficult. Because it's like... When I compare this to *The Living Daylight*, it's like, well, I think this is a better film. I got more out of this film than that, and I think it's a lot more enjoyable. But *The Living Daylight* is a more, a proper Bond film. But I don't want to judge *License to Kill* too harshly for this because I think we might, I might be thinking that just because we've seen sixteen of these in a row now. So you kind of really establish hard in your head what makes a Bond film a Bond film. And I think it kind of creates maybe some unrealistic expectations for this as well. Um, But saying that, I still think tonally it's a bit of a mess in that first half anyway. So that's still a discredit towards the film. So I think I'm going to rank it more in terms of just how much I enjoyed it overall overall rather than just purely how good of a Bond film is it. It's not a great Bond film, but it's still a pretty good film. But this is where it's going to get confusing. Because I enjoyed it more than The Living Daylights, but I still enjoyed A Few to a Kill more than this. But I need to move A Few to a Kill higher because I enjoyed License to Kill more than (laughs) (laughs) Moonrake.
0: Right. A little bit of juggling now. So,
1: yeah. So the only... I'm going to make, before I put it in, I'm going to move a few to a kill up by two places. So it's currently between Moonraker and the Living Daylight at 11. I'm going to move that to number nine and put it between the Man with the Golden Gun and Live and Lead Die. Um, I did mention about thinking about doing this when I did rank a few to a kill, but now that I'm trying to add License to Kill, it makes it very messy And I need to move this for my list to make sense. And if I don't, my list no longer makes sense. So a few to a kill goes up two. And then I'm going to put license to kill underneath a few to a kill at number 10.
0: Would that be? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it goes the man with the golden gun at, at eight. A few to a kill at nine. License to kill at 10. Live and let die at 11. And then Moonraker at 12. And that okay. is by again. It would be. I think Moonraker is a better Bond film still, but I think I just got more out of this one, and I'm going to lean into ranking it as such.
0: Right. Wow. A little bit of a shift. A little bit of a, a little bit of a reorganization for you. But yeah, you know, it was whatever. time. It was time. Yeah. It's it's going to have to come. I mean, I was looking at my list, and I am struggling now as well. Um, I think for me, I don't want to just repeat a lot of the stuff you said, so I won't. But yeah, kind of kind of quite a conflicted film for me, especially in terms of tonality. I agree at times it didn't really feel like a Bond film and to me that is the core thing I need from this. Like we are doing a Bond <laughs> podcast, we are rewatching the Bond films, it needs to be a Bond film and at times it did and at times it just strayed too far into the 80s action and and tried too hard to move away from the tried and tested formula. So, I think there's loads of things I really liked about this film still. I think Timothy Dalton was kind of more into it, like more confident in his role, maybe finding his footing a bit more. Uh, the villain, Sanchez, yeah, he's great. It's great that they actually had a good villain and they used him to his fullest potential rather than wasting a good actor and a good villain. He's in the film loads and I love it for it. Um, and, the you know, the idea of a revenge plot like this, very personal revenge is a good one. I just think sometimes it gets a bit muddied up in here. But it does equally suffer from the John Glenn usuals of, of length and just a bit too much plot sometimes like thrown into the mix. And I just don't like lupe. I don't mind Pam. I don't like lupe. So yeah, I I'm now in a bit of a pickle here. Because Ooh. I I think I like this more than Living Daylights. However, I'm not going to put it above Diamonds Are Forever, which is there currently next to each other. Okay, so, perfect. Lo- there
1: we go. Nice, easy. So, easy. well,
0: logically, you think, okay, I'll put this in at number ten on my list, A License to Kill, and I think I'm going to. I think it is going to stay at number ten, so above Living Daylights, but below Diamonds Are Forever. Very nice. However, oh no, I, as as you've said, given the amount of time that we've been doing this now, and just the amount of Bond films I've seen, and our viewpoints are beginning to change, given like the time that's passed. I'm looking lower down my list and i'm thinking, Is this really better than Goldfinger <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh it was bound to happen it was bound to happen, and i think i've I've really screwed myself over because some of these like goldfinger and on her majesty's Secret Service I think it's kind of a bit harsh to put them below this i'm a, I'm a little bit stuck, but i 'm going to leave it as it is for now because I need to think about this a bit more so at the moment, my list is staying exactly the same, but this is going in at number ten.
1: Okay. Are you thinking maybe just move those two up above these two underneath Diamonds Are Forever? Is that the potential? I'm...
0: I Yes. I think that's it. I think they're not going to beat Diamonds Are Forever because that is my my guilty you know, <laughs> treat. But um, I got your pleasure. But yeah, I think there is some, some reorganisation needed on my part. But not for now. Yeah, have a think. Have a we, little we think about back.
1: it. Oh, you know what's happened here? We've watched too many Bond films. Well, there's that. But we've <laughs> yeah. also ended up with the man with the golden gun at number 8
0: both of us <laughs> how did that, well, that happen that was another thing i thought as well it's like i've been we've been praising the villain in this film sanchez is great was he better than christopher lee was he better than Scaramanga? i don't know that is really hard i would say yes
1: but that's that's not necessarily like maybe individual scenes but as like christopher lee is better but i would i pers- personally i would say sanchez is probably better mm.
0: Yeah, it's just apples and oranges really, isn't it? It's just too difficult.
1: Yeah. yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's I always find that stuff interesting though that our films were ranked because you ranked man with the golden gun so much higher than I did. But it still yeah. ended up in the same place.
0: It's yeah, it's creeping up still somehow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I've ended up with a few to a kill back in my top ten, so <laughs> Yes. Here we
0: go, baby. Where it
1: belongs. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, so I guess maybe we should reflect a little bit on old Tim. Was he given a bad ride? Like, was he unfairly taken off too early? Or did he, does he kind of, I guess he's got a little bit of a cult classic sort of thing going on, right? Like, there's a lot of people who love him. Is that kind of fair or not?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I really wanted to like him more in these films. And mm. I, I, I don't think he is the problem at all. I think you can definitely tell the way he has, he has gone with the character. He, he, obviously cared about it um i just think he was dealt a a bad hand with the you know the stories that he was in and especially in the living daylights where they were just still working out the what to do with his interpretation of bond and then they kind of maybe went a bit too far with it in this one it's like we didn't quite get the sweet spot for timothy dalton It's a shame
1: yeah i felt like timothy dalton never got his like skyfall or goldfinger You know how like that third film, The Spy Who Loved Me, like whenever they get to the third one, they've figured it out and they go all in. And I think Timothy Dalton should have, he deserved that third film to figure it out. But even so, like if I, if you just take it as these films, I don't think he got an unfair shot. Like he's pretty good. I like him, but this hasn't convinced me that he's like underrated or anything. I think he's about, about right He did a good job. It was still a little bit confused and the Bond era in the 80s, I said this at the start and I'll say it again, was more of a transitional phase and a bit of an awkward phase and he was a bit of a victim of that. But yeah, to me, it seems about right and really I think Piers Brosnan was kind of a very logical step after this and in some ways just did a better job of mixing in traditional Bond with these elements we saw in this film. So I like him. I liked him, but... I don't think I've really changed my opinion that much of the guy. You know, he was a little bit more awkward in The Living Daylight than I remember. And this one was also hadn't quite found its landing. But yeah, I liked him, but I haven't suddenly become a big Tim nut.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm the same. I liked him. I like him too. But even before doing this podcast, if you had told me to rank the Bond actors, he still would have been probably just above George Lazenby. I think I still like all the other ones more. So what's happened in terms of the ranking hasn't really surprised me. They have been kind of middling to to low on my end. Um, Yeah, I think what really happened here as well with Timothy Dalton, he was a victim of just John Glenn's tenure as well. I think new new Bond actor, they just needed a new director. They needed someone with a, a fresh vision, of the character, but instead he was locked into, you know, what had come before him, and and it just really suffered because of it.
1: Yeah, and I don't think John glenn was even that bad. There's been times where I've been very upset at John, and very frustrated by him and his style and the way he puts together the films. But he's not really that bad outside. If you'd got rid of Octopussy, it's still like an okay run. Still not really that bad at all. Like pretty solid it's oh, just yeah. like he does things his own way and for five films especially for how long he makes these films for all the pigeon nonsense for all this <laughs> for the like corpse obsession all these weird things he has in these films for five films it's just too many and i'm just very glad we're kind of able to shut the book on the glenn era it's just like he yeah, had some good ideas i think he had a decent vision for bond we just didn't need to see it five times
0: that's exactly it. Uh, hey, I like I like John Glenn. For Your Eyes Only is number two on my list. I I loved For Your Eyes Only for Way more than I thought I would. For now, here comes but, Goldfinger, uh... baby. <laughs> Let's move that right up. No, uh, what he what he brought early on, great. But yeah, just just time time for a change, and, and thankfully we're getting it. So, phew.
1: Yeah, there we go. Because it was legal reasons that actually killed it. Um, yeah, Timothy yeah. Dalton was contracted for a third film. But then there was a lot of like legal court stuff I was reading. That meant the rights of the bond got put on hiatus, and by the time they came back to do another one, it was kind of over. They weren't able to get Tim, so they moved on
0: to someone new. It wasn't more Kevin McClory nonsense, was it?
1: No. It was like, like the gone, company yeah. that owned the Jane like somebody bought one of the companies that owns like MGM or something. Like it's it was like comp- big companies buying other big companies that then caused a dispute between them about who owns what.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: So it was no one's really fault, it was just unfortunate timing. But, yeah. I, but I found that interesting, because it wasn't like they took a hiatus on purpose, they had to. But they were, they were, there's like details of what the third Timothy Dalton film would have been. You can read those details. It's out there.
0: Oh, really? I've yeah. actually never read that. That would be quite interesting to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, they had plans. They were moving forward ahead. It was just legal issues caused them to delay for a little bit. By the time they came back for Bond 17, uh, things changed.
0: By the time they came back, the USSR had collapsed, Soviet Union had gone. What on earth were they going <laughs> to do?
1: Oh, God. Just do Russia anyway, apparently. Yeah, it's just,
0: who's other than now? It's still the Russians.
1: Yeah, they're, they're still not our friends. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Any last thoughts before we go, Joe?
0: Um, nothing major. I I think I I definitely have I have respect for Timothy Dalton and and I really wanted to like your films more, but you're still going to be down there in the in the list of Bond actors for me.
1: Agreed. That's completely fair. So you got to go and ponder your list as well. I really do.
0: Work. I'm going to have to do some serious thinking right now. Yes.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. You have been listening to episode 16 of the Bond Revisited Podcast. The Bond Revisited Podcast will return next week with GoldenEye.